Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silva and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong. Silver and Gold is back. Episode 36. This week we are covering... What are we doing this week? Uh, <laughs> it was the... You picked a motherfucker! What was our, our theme? The Southeast Asian Fish Out of Water Stories. Hillbillies. Actually, use they actually say hillbillies at one in one of the films. Damn so, right they do. Uh, we're doing a uh, Marantau from ni- uh, from 2009 and... Ong Bak from 2003, starring Tony Ja, the insane Tony Ja. So should be. Uh, is he a juggalo? He is a gigolo juggalo. Oh, whoa! Don't say racist. What? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> wow. <Whoa. laughs> uh, <laughs> Why didn't you just let that go? I don't know. So uh, yeah, it out. We'll, be, we'll be reviewing those. Um, I am the loaf. With me, the zom. He's Hello. Here. Hello. Uh How are you, sir? Well, I just scarfed down. I, I just found out, and I, I, I broke out the steamer, okay, and I cooked with the steamer. I used to cook with the steamer all the time because I like the vegetables. You put some meat in there, some vegetables, whatever. And uh, But I just brought it out of retirement, and I don't have the book, so I couldn't remember how long to cook it. And it doesn't take hardly any time at all to cook with steam, I guess because it's so fucking hot and moist. Did you rubberize it? Yeah. <laughs> See, the, you can burn things with a steamer, but it doesn't look burned. It's just real dry. The chicken was so gross, I, I wish I could vomit and have something good. But I never waste anything. People make fun of me because like, if I burnt, like if I made a pizza and I actually burn it, I would – eat it if it wasn't like so i mean like i don't know whatever so anyway i eat that and then to to wash it down i got some um i thought this was banana cream pie pudding but apparently it's banana cream pie yogurt which uh it does not taste as good it's all right (laughs) but yeah it's like when you eat vanilla yogurt right it's Kind of tastes like vanilla, but it's got a little bit more of a sour taste, and that's the way this is. But I'll eat it because I don't let anything go to waste. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my gut is gross. Mine uh, too. I'm, I, wait, I'm going to undo my belt and my pants because I don't want to be bloated. There. You mean you don't want to feel bloated? <laughs> and I'm command. I'm going commando. I forgot that until I just undid my pants. <laughs> commando. Oh, hi there. Oh, hi there. Are you going commando, John? 
All right. So um, I uh, what, what? I guess how was your week? I mean, we could just get into that too. Um, Is that your week? Your rubber chicken and that's about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was what you already asked me. No, it's uh, it was a good week. Yeah, it was okay. I mean, it was just uh, we got um, the temperature went from about eighty degrees down to like thirty. <laughs> yeah, here too. We got a big snow. Well, we didn't get a snow, but some people did. Uh, one of my friends got up in the high elevations got four inches, but <laughs> I bet she wished she would have got more. <laughs> Speaking of money shots in the cum tub. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That was off air. Oh, wait. Uh, I could talk about it. We uh, So uh, my wife and I missed our official uh, uh, four-year anniversary because I have to work every fucking day of the week. So we kind of spread it you over of a bitch. two weekends. Spread it. And um, we... <laughs> Yeah. So she, um, there's a there's a very very nice like five star hotel here, and she has a friend who has a friend that works there or something. Anyway, we were able to get a, like a five hundred dollar room for a hundred bucks. And uh, did they tell you when they let you stay there that, that they say okay you can stay here, but if somebody starts to open the door, get your get your clothes on and run out <laughs> real fast. Yeah, yeah, they did. They, it's, like it's going to be tough, but just act like you're cleaning the room or something. If <laughs> yeah. Wants yeah. To. Um, very very nice room it had like a it was kind of weird um of course knowing me it had a walk-in bathroom it just kind of like the 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 main room and the whole like bathroom area was all one room except you know it went to like stone tile when you went into the bathroom um there was like a separate room with a swinging door for the shower. There was a bathtub. There was, you know, two sinks. And there was a separate room for the toilet. Like, not a separate room. But it just had a little swinging glass mm-hmm. door. Yeah. And, of course, I have the shits <laughs> right when I get there. And there's nice. no hiding it. So was, that like, like, uh, that, was that her, her uh, anniversary present? Yeah, but her anniversary <laughs> present is getting to sit while we're waiting to go eat. Me and the shitter. <laughs> and... <laughs> There's no, you know, there's a visually visual privacy, but no audio privacy. So I'm just, I'm just sitting there like there'd be there'd be silence, and I would just go, sorry, what a, what a <laughs> turn on, what a turn on. So anyway, I, we, quite, I had to, you are quite the uh, the fucking Casanova. I, I had to, I had to guzzle the uh, guzzle some Pepto, so I felt better later. So anyway, yeah, as I was telling Zom, we uh, <laughs> we we did the deed in the fucking uh, in the in the jacuzzi hot tub. No, it wasn't even a jacuzzi, but we made it a bubble bath. We got and went and got some bubble bath, and um, <laughs> and I was on the underneath. Wait a bit. Wait a bit. <laughs> what's the creep what's the creep for sorry, jane. what no, i said sorry jane <laughs> oh she didn't care she said you should tell this on your show so uh About the anal part no 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 well, um, <laughs> i made that up i just wanted I, you know um we uh and she, she's like, you should really close your mouth. You're going to get bubbles in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and lo and behold, um, near the end of said act, a fucking just jet of very bubbly, soapy water just shoots right up in my face and my mouth. And we, we just like died laughing. I was like, oh, my God, I just got money shot. <laughs> oh, it was disgusting, but it was hilarious. So. 
Uh, yeah, that was my adventure for the weekend. How, like many people have done the same thing, and that that, <laughs> that bubble probably had someone else's DNA. <laughs> yeah, it probably you did. Scarfed it right down. Uh, now I'm not shit out some kids or somebody's baby. <laughs> um, so yeah, we uh, it was a very nice hotel. We had a nice dinner, and um, we uh, we hung out all the next day, watched some movies, and uh, uh, went record shopping and stuff. So it was a good, good anniversary weekend. It was kind of a left. It was like a week after our official anniversary, but you know, it was fun. Now, now that you mentioned that, I, I, I think it is more common than people. Cause I've heard s- several people talk about like their honeymoon mm-hmm. or something like that, where they'll either because of nerves or whatever, they'll get the shits. Or oh, yeah. their girlfriend will start her period like right when the honeymoon <laughs> starts, or just something like goes awry like that. I don't know what it was. But, uh, it was this was on last Friday, and I swear I shit five times that day. I was shitting so much my ass just hurt, like it was <laughs> insane. Like I and I seriously drank like half a bottle of Pepto. Oh, you must shit a lot because you saved me at Horrorhound. Here I have twenty <laughs> tabs of Pepto. I I come prepared. I fucking I carry around Pepto and Imodium and Tums yeah. and everything because my when my stomach hurts it uh, it doesn't fuck around. Goes to town. <laughs> yeah, it's either my stomach's fine and I'm hungry or I'm shitting. So, <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do? When you, once you've been married for so long, she's seen it and heard it all. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, she she thought it was funny. So. And then she she fell asleep and started watching while watching fucking it was because we, we don't have cable here so we have this king size bed and our our idea to or our way to end the night was lay in the king size bed and watch cable because we <laughs> we don't have cable and she was watching fucking like ghost hunters or ghost you know what you ought to do sometimes what's that this would be fucking okay it it would border on like kinky but you guys ought to have sex while you listen to our show (laughs) (laughs) it'd be embarrassing so um and then record uh, it and we'll play it the next week yeah yeah. the uh but yeah so she was watching ghost adventures or some bullshit like that because we didn't get to watch (laughs) that at home and and she fell asleep so i started watching uh (laughs) i started watching marintal on my ipad when she fell asleep so um so yeah that was my uh, week in a nutshell there. Sex Nut, Nutshell. Poop and sex. Poop and sex. What we're all about on Silver and Gold. I'd have it no other way. <laughs> so, uh, well, we can get into what, we, what we've been watching this week. Oh, wait a minute. I'm getting all the, um, every fucking drop of this yogurt with my finger out of the thing. <laughs> Don't waste it. Which I'm now, as soon as I said that, I started thinking, did I wash my hands? Oh, I hate that feeling. Oh, well, the dog only rolls in poop. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, let's see. Okay, let's get down to this because I was looking at some of our old episodes the other day and I was laughing because I was like, God, we do like, we have done like over three hour shows. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's funny. That's funny. All righty. Let's get right to it. Um, oh, I have some poop on here this week and not on my finger. Um, the first thing I watched was, well, maybe. <laughs> Put a black light on that thing. Wow. Uh, first thing I watched was um, a uh, documentary called Media Malpractice on Netflix Instant. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, I started watching it, and I was kind of like, okay, is this a right-wing movie? You know, because a lot of the stuff on there, you can tell if it's right, right. What, what side it's going towards. And as I was watching it, because they were talking about how uh, about um, 
Palin Obama, um, the the election and mm-hmm. how, and even for that the the primary where Hillary was running against Obama and how the media basically started like anointing him the savior and the second coming and kind of got on his bandwagon to the point of pushing all the other Democrats out of the way and 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 kind of almost um, turning the 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 uh, giving him so much press over the other candidates for the primary and then doing the same thing with against Palin and McCain which they, when you look at some of the stuff it it made sense right but then when you saw Sarah Palin on there talking about how it was unfair and everything and I started thinking okay this is right a right wing thing but Bitch, you were so stupid, and you were so dumb, and you said so many stupid things, and you know, and and then her own people put out that movie just recently that said, yes, she was that stupid, she was that dumb, it was a colossal mistake. So anyway, it was it was all right. It just eh, didn't really do that much for me. Right. The next thing I watched was a documentary uh, recommended by Brin Brin from uh, Spanish Harlem. Or wherever he's from, um, yes. it's a documentary called Clean Flicks, uh-huh. and um, he it, it's it's uh, he told me about it because it's kind of uh, close to home, literally for him, as it is about these uh, <clears throat> Mormons who decide that since Mormons shouldn't watch a lot of sex and violence and sweary words in their movies, that they would get these movies and they would censor them. Take out all the swear words, take out the sex, and it just depended on the violence, uh, what they took out. But then they started up their video stores, and they would rent movies and say, you know, these are edited movies for Mormons and everything. So then it got to be a big lawsuit. And um, um, But there's a twist – uh, that's really good. So it's, it's a good documentary. So anyway um, – I did. I, I wouldn't say I. I don't want to go any further, but it's good. It's on. Uh, I think it's on Instant Watch. Um, the next thing I watched was a, another documentary, and I've been wanting to see this one because I heard an interview by this guy that is the director, and he's pretty good. I think he's. You know, I don't know. Maybe we can contact him, and if he has any new projects coming out, like we did the other one. Um, his name is uh, Werner Herzog. <laughs> and, uh, it's it's pretty Never good. Heard of him. I love her song, but anyway, uh, the movie is called Into the Abyss, mm-hmm. and he's one of the ones that I just like to hear talk because when he says soul, he says deep down in his soul. And uh, he was talking about squirrels, and he said, "Relate to me a story about a squirrel." You know, shit like that. <laughs> so anyway, it's about the death penalty, and it's following. Uh, he's following um, this case where these two young guys um, decide that they're going to go to a acquaintance or friend of theirs, and the mother of the friend or acquaintance has a like a Camaro, <clears throat> and they're going to steal it, and then things go wrong, and they're both on death row. Um, it's really good. And um, I'm, of course, a liberal hippie tree hugger or whatever so i'm not for capital punishment and if you see a guy that's uh, that's on there that has basically carried out 180 or 125 
executions. He's the guy that actually does it in the prison. And he says, no, we shouldn't be doing this. I'm not doing it anymore. This is wrong, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, it's really good. And Herzog, you know, just him talking and everything is is just fun. Just to, or not fun, but I mean, sort of fun to watch him. Um, it's on Instant Watch also. Uh, the next thing I watched, I didn't. I think every, not every one of these is Instant Watch, but anyway, the next one I watched was uh, Barry Newman, who was uh, Kowalski in Vanishing Point, uh, in a movie called The Lawyer. Now, this one, um, when I started watching it, I thought there was a TV show called Petrocelli mm-hmm. on TV in the seven, early seventy, early to mid seventies, and um, I remember my grandma and my mom and dad and everything watching it and. Um, uh, when I started watching it and I heard them say his name was Petrocelli, which the whole running joke is he's a uh, a lawyer, like a kind of a big city lawyer, and he's in the Midwest. So all the guys that are wearing cowboy hats call him Petrocelli, and he'd be like, it's Petrocelli. He says, you know, you don't say cello, you say cello, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's like a running joke. But uh, I thought this was like the like the TV pilot until I started seeing tits and ass naked. So anyway, it must have been a a, a um, you know a movie in the theaters, and then they took the character and made the TV show because the same same character. Uh, but it was good. I liked it. It's it's uh, it's dated, but it's still good. I like watching him. Um, <clears throat> next thing I watched, uh, <laughs> this is a good one. She's just not that into you. Uh, <laughs> don't ask. Uh, <laughs> but I will say this: this movie. For a chick flick, uh, it wasn't horrible. First of all, uh, Scarlett Johansson's in it, and boy, did she just look um, mm, ripe. You know, uh, Jennifer Aniston's in it, and even though she probably would be the biggest colossal pain in the ass in the world, uh, she still got a pretty nice body on her. Uh, and Jennifer Connelly with her uh, unibrow. Um, she still looked pretty good. She wasn't like super duper skinny and had Bradley Cooper and I can't remember who the other guys were, but I mean, it was, eh, it was on, uh, next thing I watched, um, along the same lines, I think this was a double feature was a, uh, movie with, uh, Will Smith, uh, non Canada, Will Smith and, uh, (laughs) Blart, the mall cop in the movie hitch. Oh God. Uh, with, uh, the only good thing about this one, it had some yucks in it. And then it has yeah, some yes in it. <laughs> it in it, and she has a big butt and really super tight um, clothes on. So <laughs> I like that. Liked her butt. Um, so I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> All right, you could do worse for a fucking having to sit and watch that kind of shit. Uh, next thing I watched was another fucking romantic comedy <laughs> called Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this waka waka. Was a little bit different. <laughs> that movie a, is fucking incredible. It was good. Um, God, I loved it. There was a there. I got to a point in it where I was kind of like, um, not that I was going to turn it off, but it was so bleak, and the guy was such a miserable bastard uh-huh. that I was kind of getting turned off. But then it kind of, you know, it yes. changed. It's but it's good. Uh, I've been hearing everybody talk about it forever. It. Um, I downloaded it on iTunes. I paid for it. <laughs> own it. Own it or rent it? I just rented it. Okay. It was only like, uh, I think, two ninety nine or something cool. like that. Cool. Um, but that's one that would be a, 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 
as far as being a, a very good movie, um, I think I, – I don't know if I would pay like 19 bucks for it. But I mean if they had it at the Walmart for 10 bucks or something, I'd buy it. It's a good movie. Right. Uh, next thing I watched was uh, Milano Calibro 9. Um, uh, uh, had this one on my iPad, and I uh, started watching it. I've seen it, of course. Um, I shouldn't say of course because when, when I watched it and I was thinking about talking about it on the show, <clears throat> I started thinking, well, hell, everybody's fucking watched this, so I'll gloss over it. But maybe there are people that haven't because um, we have new listeners sometimes. Occasionally. Until they go to our Facebook page and then they delete it. <laughs> uh, this is really good. I, I just like the whole story. I actually put a post on uh, Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema Facebook page. Our brethren uh, of, uh, Never you know, Hollywood seems like they have to remake everything. Um, so I posted something that said, you know, if they if Hollywood remade this movie, who would play like the lead parts and everything? But it's just so good. It's not even funny. Um it I I have uh, both the dubbed version and the uh subtitled version. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can watch either one of them. It doesn't even matter. Uh, <laughs> next thing I watched um now bear with us folks uh that aren't wrestling fans cuz I'll go through these quick cuz I know a lot of you aren't. Uh the Bobby the Brain Heenan WWE documentary Excellent. If you're a wrestling fan, uh, he's one of the guys that, uh, like Owen Hart and Eddie Guerrero, that you know, people in wrestling ha- have nothing bad to say yeah, about, yeah, yeah. and everybody loves him. And it, it was really good. And it it it, uh, it was uh, kind of emotional there toward the end because he has uh, had. Um, like throat and mouth cancer. Yeah. And uh, last time I saw him, he looked really bad because they had to remove like a, a good part of his jaw and everything. But they were talking here recently that, you know, he's uh, maybe going to get like a cosmetic surgery where they put like a, I don't know if they put like a plastic jaw in or something. I just hope it just, I hope it's just gone. Like it seems like he's gotten over things a couple times and then it gets, get it comes up again. Yeah. It comes back. But, um, you know, he's, I, I, I he seems like a really great guy. So, yeah. uh, entertained me for fucking years uh next one i watched which i think you have watched is the road warriors wwe documentary yep, yep. yeah I've seen, I've seen the bobby heenan one too it's very good. yeah these are on netflix instant watch so if any of you people out there want to watch it uh this one's really good and i liked that the one thing i liked about this one was that they that they go back uh to like where they the the bar that they used to i always always heard about grandma b's the bar where all these um wrestlers uh before they were wrestlers in minnesota used to bounce at and stuff so that was kind of cool when going and seeing their you know old digs and stuff like yeah. that uh the other one i watched uh which i finished um i only had about 20 more minutes of it to watch this morning i watched it uh was uh heart and soul the heart family anthology I and i don't know if i've seen that one do they focus or maybe you know what i might be thinking of the the Benoit one that I have the DVD of that was uh, that focuses a lot on the on the dungeon. This one is excellent because okay. I thought it would just have a whole bunch of stuff about Brett and and the wrestling part. Mm-hmm. It just it's about their family. They had twelve kids. Stu and Helen had twelve kids, and it just like talks it like they each talk about each of the kids and growing up and what that house was like and like when they were little kids they had a wrestling bear. In the uh, when the bear, it was time for the bear to hibernate. The guy that owned the bear would bring it to their house, which they had this huge old mansion, and the bear would uh, either live under the the front porch. Yeah. And when it was time to hibernate in the winter, it would live in the basement. 
And they would talk about like sitting on the porch when they were little kids and eating ice cream and the ice cream, letting it drip down on their toes. And the bear would be under the porch and stick its head out and lick the ice cream. Yes. And, uh, but it's really good. And they went through some really hellacious stuff. And I'm not just talking about like the, well, there's some, some of the tra- tragic parts I didn't even know about. And then uh, just them going kind of from rags to riches to rags again. Yeah. And, um, and uh, Diana Hart, who was married to Davy Boy. Ooh, I always thought she was hot, and she's still hot. God damn. <laughs> um, next thing I watched was uh, a Roger Corman movie, and this movie proves that Roger Corman didn't just make shit. And uh, this one had to have a pretty good budget. It's called uh, Von Richthofen and Brown, mm-hmm. and it stars uh, John Philip Law and, oh my God, Don Stroud. Um, and um, it's a true story. Uh, I'm sure there's probably some um, hyperbole and they stray a little bit or whatever from – I mean I'm sure it's not 100 percent accurate. But the the flying and stuff is just excellent. Uh, this is – you know, I mean long time before any CGI or anything. And so you know, knowing, knowing Corman, you know, he might have stole some of the footage from another movie. I don't know. But uh, it's not even done low budget. It looks like a major Hollywood picture. Uh, and he directed it himself. So uh, next thing I watched was a movie uh, called G.I. Joe. And man, was this uh, – I've seen this thing. My friend Tim – Loves G.I. Joe. He grew up watching the cartoon mm-hmm. and he loves this movie. And I mean, I'm telling you what, I cannot see why it is a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> um, I, I imagine that the reason it's done the way it's done is because a lot of they want to get like the kids to watch it. Yeah. So it's not real brutal and the violence is, it's very cartoonish. Uh, it has a couple of hot girls in it, but they just really did. The redheaded girl was the hottest, I think, but it just sucked. I didn't think – I mean it was – there was nothing good about it. That Channing Tatum, fucking – I don't know. Will <laughs> says he's got something. I don't see it. I don't see it in anything I've ever seen him in, including movies that Will has told me to watch because watch this. He's really good in it, and that's nothing against Will. Everybody has their own opinion, but uh, I think the guy has a good look. He looks like you know he could – he has a good look for an action star, but man, he fucking has nothing. He's better than Stone Cold Steve Austin. I will say that. Uh, <laughs> next thing I watch now, this will this might surprise some people. Uh, I watched the movie Contraband with Mark Wahlberg <laughs> and uh, the chick from Underworld, Kate Beckinsale, uh, and it also had Giovanni Ribisi and um, Ben Foster. Okay, it's not bad. It's for an action movie. It's pretty good. It's a remake, I think, of a maybe a Swedish movie. Mm-hmm. So it's a remake. So, but um, it's not great, but it's worth a watch. How's, uh, how's Wahlberg? Wahlberg is just Wahlberg. He's like Shooter Wahlberg. You know, he wasn't bad in that. I mean, it's uh, he's just you know, I, they could have they they could have put somebody in that role that had like a lot more charisma mm-hmm. and the movie would have been better. Uh, ben Foster basically pay, plays 
every part that Ben Foster ever fucking plays because he's so fucking weird looking. Uh, same with Giovanni Rabisi. Talk about two guys that are typecast that were put in a movie as the exact same characters that they always <laughs> fucking play. But the same with Wahlberg. This is kind of the sort of the same character that he played in the uh, that Cary Grant remake or the Italian Job or whatever Shooter or whatever. He's the same. He's just Wahlberg. Uh, but it's not bad. I, I rented it iTunes. Uh, <laughs> next thing I watched. So I got, I got, I mean, I got my money's worth. If it was three ninety nine, fuck. I mean, you know, that's it's better than paying ten or fifteen or twenty bucks. Yeah. Um, next thing I watched uh, was a documentary called Gumball Three Thousand uh, about the the. Uh, uh, I think it was two thousand eleven or two thousand ten Gumball Rally. Uh, they went from uh, London. Uh, to New York City, and what they did was they went from London uh, through like uh, Germany and Amsterdam and Denmark, and then got on a plane uh, and they flew the the cars too over to um, Bangor, Maine, down to Boston, from Boston uh, over to like I think up into Toronto and up around that area and then came down to New York City. Uh, it was all right. My friend Justin had um, – and let's not be ambiguous uh, about which Justin it is. It's the Justin that none of you know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, he uh, had two Gumball Rally documentaries I think that he got out of like a back of a car magazine that somebody that was in it just made handheld. And then I watched one that Johnny Knoxville made when him and his clunkheads fucking were <laughs> – uh, this one's okay. It's not great. It's on Netflix – or not Netflix. It is on iTunes, and it was only a 99-cent rental. Um, there's some people in it that are famous um, uh, to some people, like Exhibit. I guess he's a, a hip-hop guy. I don't know. I mean he was kind of funny. <laughs> there was a couple of guys like that, that were, I think were like hip-hop uh, singers, which I don't know because I don't listen to it. So Exhibit, uh, Exhibit was the uh, – did the – Pimp Your Ride show on MTV. Okay, yeah. Probably yeah. probably the car relation they got with him. And uh, that girl Eve, who is pretty hot, uh, she was in it. And um, uh, uh, Ricky Schroeder, <laughs> Tony Hawk. Ricky Schroeder had a really fucking cool car. I was like, God damn. <laughs> uh, but every car in it is just fucking – they had like one guy – One. Uh, uh, each car has like two people in it. Uh, one of them had the old Batmobile like Adam West – or drove. Uh, the other one had the Michael Keaton Batmobile, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, everything you can think of, the craziest looking cars. And uh, they're going, they said it was 3,000 miles and then there's here's these two idiots on fucking uh, Vespa scooters. The one part that was really kind of that, that kind of brought it down was um, before they went through Germany, the German officials said any rally cars uh, with stickers or anything going through here, we will arrest you and we will take your car. So uh, some of them took all the stickers off their cars and drove through, and then some of them, the majority of them, um, had to wait for car carriers to get the cars, uh, and then they had to ride these great big coach buses. Mm -hmm. Rode the buses for like I think six hours through Germany. They took them to this old airport that was empty and left them there until the cars showed up on car carriers, which was another. I think six hours or something like that. So there was a lot. And then when they got to Denmark and they flew, I mean, there was just a lot of time where they weren't driving. So the other ones were better. The, 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 
Johnny Knoxville one and the handheld ones were better because they were they were funnier and they, you know, I don't know. So anyway, well, I'm spending too much time on that. And the last thing I watched was uh, this. Now I had I think I had seen parts of this. Or I started watching it a few times and then didn't finish it. Maybe I only watched just a few minutes of the first part of it. Was the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie Time Cop? Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I thought this was fucking great. Yeah, I loved it. Um, it's uh, it was another iTunes movie for some reason. I'm on there and rent movies. Um, it's I just thought, well, fuck, you know, if you go to the Red Box or whatever, or blockbuster thingy or go to if there is a video store even a, I don't even know if there are any anymore um, but anyway it was good I liked it um, he was pretty funny and <laughs> just it was just good I liked the whole concept and everything and it was uh, this was with the I don't know if I would want to say this or not I liked it better I think than Hard Target but of the two Van Damme movies that I think were the best uh, as far as like commercial movies and that I just – I thought these were – I thought both of those were good, but I like this one a lot. And uh, someone I think said that after this one is when his career kind of started going down the tubes, like as far as not making uh, – well, I don't know. Yeah, if he, this one's pretty late. I mean it started – he started like direct video pretty much soon after this. Well, he had a nose problem. As yeah. in, and he'll admit that, you know, that he was doing a lot. And you know what? The bump on his forehead – it was there, but it was hardly noticeable. And now I don't know what that is, but goddamn, if it's a tumor or something, uh, yeah, that's your cue. But you missed it. It's anyway. not a tumor. <laughs> but anyway, it's you know, it was good. Um, I can't remember. I don't think he was. Yeah, he was nude in it. <laughs> yeah, he he'll, he in the nineties he'll always show his ass. Yeah. Um, Street Fighter the movie might have been the last. Like I mean, he did sudden death. The quest is. Maximum. I like the quest. I didn't think the, the quest was bad. The mag- maximum risk double team. Yeah, this one's with Rodman and that yeah. shit. Those were the ones that they kind of just failed. Yeah, I mean, in hell, I don't think I've seen that one. But you can just watch uh, JCVD and. Oh, that movie's so like good. Of him telling why all that shit happened. So good. I love that, that fucking scene in that movie too. That, that was a, that was an excellent movie. Anyway, that's all I have. Cool. Um, I watched. Actually, went to the cinema for the first time in a while, which is weird because I work in one. But <laughs> um, I did go to my cinema, so I got to see them for free. Uh, I uh, I watched an Israeli movie that's out now called Footnote. Hmm. Um, this is a a movie about a very, uh, I guess, grumpy dad and his son, both of whom were professors on um, the Talmud, which is some kind of Hebrew, ancient Hebrew yeah. text. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both experts on it. They focused on different things. Um, you get a story of why the dad has kind of, he's not really like famous anymore. He once was well-known in the circle of people that would research these things and give mm-hmm. lectures on them and stuff, but he's not anymore. And his son is now winning award after award. So mm-hmm. the dad is kind of like, you know, you can tell he has a problem with this. And But the, the story gets rolling when the dad is accidentally called to win this prestigious award instead of the son uh, to, and told that he has been chosen to win the award this year. Mm. And um, it's, it's, it's kind of like 
I guess it's a dramedy because there's a, there's some really funny moments. There's this fanta- fantastic part in an office that's probably big enough for like two people at most, but there's like eight people sitting in it having a meeting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's some little com- comedic moments like that, but the second half of the movie is pretty serious. It's a film that it's like. I don't know why, but I was expecting a whole lot out of, and I felt kind of let down after seeing it. Mm. Uh, not that it was bad. It just, I didn't love it. But then after talking about it with some people and stuff afterwards, I liked it more. So it's something I'd like to revisit. And I think, I think my biggest issue was it, with it was I didn't, I wish it ended a different way. Um, with a big bubble of cum. Yeah, you know. And uh, <laughs> I got to say, and I don't know if this is insensitive or what, but Hebrew is not a pretty language. <laughs> it does not sound God, I nice. can't believe you. I know. I'm such a jerk. But uh, this it's definitely worth checking out if you have it near you. You beat um, me to it. It's a, it's, a compl- it's a kind of a complex story. It's, it's good. It's well, well acted, very well acted. So. Um, I went to the cinema, cinema the next day, and I watched Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Um, this do you is watch a, anything that's like American? <laughs> I do not. Fucking liberal. Well, I watched, the third one I watched in the cinema was American. So I, I, think, I think it's American. It takes place in America. Right. Um, uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi is a documentary about an 85-year-old sushi chef who works <laughs> in a tiny little restaurant in a, in a subway in Tokyo, but is considered by men, by most to be the world's greatest sushi chef. Um, he's the only sushi chef chef ugh, to get three Michelin stars. Um, like, is that like a tire award? Well, it's the, it's the company that makes the tires and they rank, really? they, they rank the restaurants. It's like a world thing. And there's three different criteria. They'll give you a star on. It's like, see, that yeah. just shows you people, even sometimes when you, when you just are making stupid comments to throw your, Guest host or co guest host? Yeah, that's right. He's my guest host. Uh, to throw them off. Sometimes you can fucking steal mine gold, silver and gold, baby. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 very hard for this kind of restaurant to get uh, one of the three stars because it has something to do with your dining facilities. And this this restaurant it's is, like a little dump. Yeah, well, it's not a dump. It's very very clean and nice inside, but it, it's only ten seats. It's mm-hmm. only the bar. Um, oh, okay. Do you but, like sushi? I, I, I'm not trying to get you off track, but no, 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 I don't. Seriously. I don't. I, I do. I, I, like I love it. I don't like fish. That's the problem. But <sighs> the sushi that he makes is delicious. And this is this movie is intriguing. It's it's really interesting because there's I've posted about it a couple times on our group. But <clears throat> there's a there's a an interesting dynamic with him and his two sons. This guy Jiro was nine years old when he left home mm-hmm. and had no relationship with his parents at all. And his sons, like he kind of. I guess in a way forced his sons to go into his profession. Neither one of them went to, went to college mm. and the old, the oldest son as tradition in Japan, if when you do what your dad does, mm. you take over his business. So the oldest son has been waiting at this business and for years and years for his dad to retire basically. And Stop. he's 85 years old and still going. And the other son, the, the younger son opened his own restaurant. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how his customers will come in there and say, "I feel intimidated going to your dad's restaurant. I prefer to come here because he's such a perfectionist. Like they feel pressure to, you know, like a soup Nazi. Yeah, but he's he's not, not a jerk. He yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that, that kind of thing. Like he's very. Um, I mean, 
he he has it down to a science. I mean, he's been do he's been making sushi pretty much since he left home at ten years old when he was ten. So he's seventy five years he's been mm. <laughs> doing this, and it's you know there's a very like Buddhist message behind the whole thing. With the, I wonder if sushi was Vienna sausage, if you'd like it better. <laughs> Probably if just put a Vienna sausage on rice and I'll fucking nom yeah, it up and quit some cabbage and vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had a uh, what was it? Uh, we had some salads at a restaurant, and there was a, this. And let me guess, like a bunch of cum came up in the mouth. <laughs> it was bubbles. Um, the uh, right, there was I'm some kind of there was some kind of vegetable on top, and tasting it totally made me have a fucking slaw flashback. I was because we were wondering what it was, mm. and I tasted it, and I was like, "That's got to be cabbage," because I just thought a slaw and almost gagged. Uh, <laughs> You're weird. <laughs> but um, it's really interesting that the, you know this. The son in his fifties has been working for his dad for thirty years, and you know it's it's good. It's it's de- definitely find that one if you can. And the third movie I watched in the cinema was We Need to Talk About Kevin, and wow, was this one awesome? Tilda Swinton is incredible in it, and my I told my wife going in, I was like, Tilda Swinton will probably show her tits. She does in every movie, and she did. Huh? <laughs> so. Um, we looked at each other after this was over and almost simultaneously said, yeah, we're not having kids. So, <laughs> mm, Really? Um, that, this, I mean, is it like depressing or what? I don't even know what it's about. The, don't even, uh, well, whatever. I'll find it. Well, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> I, I won't tell you like the overall story, but we'll just say, or was it just de- depressing seeing Tilda Swinton's tits? <laughs> <laughs> she has really big tits in this movie. Um, yes. She she's like that. Like she'll gain weight, I think, but she's probably one of those women that can gain weight and boost. God, every first, time you're, so. when you say that, I'm thinking about like Sammy laying there, fucking just stroking. <laughs> she looks. She listening fucking, to uh, fucking uh, Bowie, David Bowie. She looks so much something. like Bowie in the. There's three different eras in this movie. That like there's like flashback one. Then there's Bowie. farther back flashback, and then there's current day. Flash the 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 first flashback. Ha, she has short hair, like like early eighties Bowie, <laughs> and yeah. it's like wow. Um, her and and I asked this on our Facebook group. There was seemed there's like different interpretations. Whether it's kind of like a focus on mistakes a parents make a parent makes, or a focus on like just like a, the nature of a you know somebody that could be disturbed or some way the mm. kid has fucking problems and where the where what those stem from i think is up for debate but it's some of the stuff that goes on it's just it's scary um yeah. the, the the he does that the child does and it's you know it's like yeah. what, if, what if you adopt a kid and they're just fucking a just a psychopath or you know well like i that. mean that that's the thing i mean that's what happens especially some of these some of these countries where you know, people will adopt kids, and they'll give you a kid that has all kinds of health problems that would, I mean, that are just horrible. But then when you think, and people are like, you know, I didn't know this. This when I adopted this kid, it was going to have all these health problems. Well, guess what, asshole? When you, I'm not saying asshole to you. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, yeah. Hey, yeah no. <laughs> but you know, if you have when you have your own kid, you you know. What are you What are you going to do uh, if you have your own kid? It comes out and it's got all those problems. You're going to take care of it. Uh, you can't give it back. Yeah. So I mean, that's your job. It's a tough watch. Don't, don't have kids. <laughs> don't it's do just that. it's just murder. You can't even do your <laughs> podcast. What? What? Anyway, uh, <laughs> just uh, kidding. I'll, I'll just definitely kidding. seek this one out when it comes out on video. So uh, I watched one that 
somebody recommended. I think his name is Zocter Dom or something. Zocter Dom. Listratoria e Chiusa. Now, I have been telling everyone since the first time I watched this, I've posted it. I've told people because, you know, our group, they like Franco Nero. And I'm like, seriously, watch this fucking movie. It's good. Seriously, 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 watch it. And nobody watched it. Nobody has commented, so I know nobody's watched it. What do you think? I thought it was fucking great. Uh, This is a a, a prison movie with Franco Nero. Did your wife watch it? She did not. It's a prison movie. It didn't have wedding dresses. Well, she or <laughs> prostitution. I had this but, one on the iPad. I watched it at work, uh, so, um, or started at work. Watched it like drinking coffee or something in the next morning. So each uh, man is the things he loves. And for prison, it doesn't. It doesn't need to be a prison drama or a uh, prison fiction. It needs to be prison nonfiction for her. She mm. needs to see uh, the reality. So uh, it was really good. I I uh, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't even know that this was a prison movie going in. So. Um, but it's, uh, it's less like a wicked warden type story and more like prison relate prisoner relationship kind of mm-hmm. story. And, uh, it was really good. I liked it. I thought yeah. it was, I, I enjoyed it. I, and it, it caught me by surprise because, um, I thought it was going to be like a low budget exploitation movie, but uh-huh. this is a fucking big time drama. I mean, it's a, it's got some good shit in it. Powerful. It's powerful. Yeah. Powerful. Uh, I watched uh, in relate related to the show this week. I watched Ongbok Two: The Beginning and Ongbok Three. Um, <laughs> uh? <laughs> Have you seen either of those? Uh, I saw the first one. <laughs> uh oh. No, 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 no. I'm just I'm pulling your leg. Um, I, I, I I'm, I'm still a fan. This is the third time I've seen Ongbok Two. Um, I really like the the. It's a historical one. Um, Do they all have the same guy, the Tony? To, they're all, yeah, they're all Tony Ja. Okay. This is uh, this one takes place in like 16th century Thailand, mm-hmm. and I like this. I think this one's really cool. There's some really is cool... that the one where on the cover he's standing on an elephant or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, because that's what I thought when when you said that we were going to cover the one we covered. They're, I remembered seeing that box, and I thought that's what I thought it was going to be. And then when we watched this one, the the one that we're going to cover, I was like, well, wait a minute. Well, they they where's it, the elephant? It gets, it gets tied together eventually. Okay. Um, yeah. They why you you end up seeing this ends up being like Ongbok two and three are prequels to one in a, in Ooh. a way. Um, now the link between them is probably just kind of weak, but um, you know I like this one. I, I, this like I said, this is the third time I've seen it. There's some great huh? there's some great stuff with an elephant in it, but this is more super. This one has a supernatural slant to it. The costumes are really cool. Um, and it's just it's very, it's a lot grittier than the first one, um, and then I watched Ombok three, which is also on all three on an instant. Uh, this one I've heard was bad, and yes, it was. It was. <laughs> now I, I like seeing the story get wrapped up, I guess, but I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't. Did, have, the, did the sequels have any martial arts in them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The se- the second <laughs> one especially. The third one didn't have enough. Uh, interesting uh, to say that. Um, yeah. that. I think that was the problem. Because um, it did a lot more of the supernatural story as opposed to him just being this like just crazy ass uh, you know weapons master. Um, it's it's amazing in the second one some of the weapon weaponry stuff that he does. Like he seems fucking great at all of it. Swords and this fucking like three pronged uh, uh, 
no dildo joke thing, three pronged dildo. The this one, it's just like it looks like a fucking rock on the end of a rope that he swings around and like he fucking will like toss it up in the air, and then like <laughs> kick, it, kick it at somebody. It's pretty incredible. But you dropped your dildo. This one's anyway. a lot like spiritual training and getting ready for the ultimate showdown. And eh, I would probably eh. I won't revisit this one. So um, I watched training. yeah. I watched uh, a bogey Bacall, uh, Dark Passage. Yeah. Um, San Francisco art student hides a fugitive recovering from underworld plastic surgery. In this one rules. The first half of it, I love when they, before bogey gets his plastic surgery, he, uh, you don't see his face. Like you see it a couple times in newspapers, but he, um, you see it, it's like first person. You just see what he's uh-huh. seeing. It's kind of neat. Uh-huh. Um, this is a good one. Definitely worth checking out. Never uh, seen it. This is uh let's see. And Lauren Bacall's not in it a ton. Um Deep Brute Flavor. It's, it's mostly a Bogart story, but uh she's and she's fucking gorgeous, so is her deep voice a turn on or is it kinda does it make you think that she may have been born with some nuts? <laughs> I don't really I don't really think with her it's like it doesn't bother me, but it doesn't it's, it the, it's like, not. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not a pro or a con for me. For her, hey, bogey. I think I would feel weird about dating a girl that had a deeper voice than me, and I don't have a deep voice. I sound like a fucking chipmunk or something. <laughs> uh, what? Um, <laughs> that was your cue to say no. You don't. No, you don't. I mean, okay. Well, what? <laughs> three, three, three. Uh. It is really good. So, uh, I watched uh, Don't Go in the Woods Alone. This is a Code Red DVD. It's a very odd slasher, kind of a mountain man kind of slasher. Not very good. <laughs> There's some Where? interesting stuff in it. What? No, go ahead. Um, really, really fucking bad, like poor production and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's some interesting choices in it as far as like the way people act. And I don't know. I felt it. It was only like an hour and 20 minutes, but it felt like about two. So They ought to make a list of movies that are either like, you know, don't go in the basement, don't go in the woods, don't fucking go in the hot tub at that place. Yeah. <laughs> Especially now. Um, I watched uh, Full Contact with Chow Yun-Fat with a tr- mm-hmm. phenomenal buzz cut and fucking Simon oh. Yam wearing a purple, uh, purple ruffles. Um mm-hmm. Middle of this one drags for me, but the beginning and end are really good. Uh, this is. Do you like yams? I like yam. I don't like yams actually. Really? Yeah. Not even if they have like brown sugar and all yeah. of that shit. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a huge fan of sweet vegetables. <laughs> I like. I don't like melon. I don't like. You are potatoes. fucking finicky. I know that. I can tell. <laughs> I don't really like mangoes. Even I like. If if I'm going to be eating fruit, I want it to be like tangy as opposed to. So you wouldn't have gotten off the boat with Chef in Apocalypse Now to go get mangoes to spread on Raquel Welch's tits. <laughs> I would do it. I I, I, I would. Uh, I, I'd take one for the team. Um, full contact is pretty over the top. The gentleman reviewed it a few mm-hmm. months ago. And never heard of him. Never heard of him. I think I think it was the gentleman. The. Um, Everybody's really good in this one, and uh, Anthony Wong is kind of gross. He has long hair and these big round glasses, and oh, that's kind of weird. He's not, <laughs> Disappointing. Yeah, he, he's not. He's not cool at all in the movie. So, yeah. uh, he played then, in some sleazy shit though, yeah, uh, and some crap. So, yeah. And then this morning I watched The Fifth Chord, a giallo starring Franco Nero. Um, Franco. 
he uh, he plays a, an alky in this one, and uh, there's some really hot women in it, and uh, it's pretty standard giallo. It's interesting. It's very beautifully shot. There's some really awesome lighting in it and stuff. And uh, is he the killer? <laughs> I've never seen it, so I mean, I'm just that was a joke. Uh, so yeah, uh, watch. Uh, <laughs> it's on instant, so it's uh, easy to easy to find. So, and that was it. That's all I watched. So. Yay. Yay, that was a long one. That was a long one. You watched a lot of shit. I this. did. So, yeah. yeah so, come up. Uh, let's review Marintal first. How does that sound? Marintal, that's how it sounds. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, listen, I'll listen to, well, what's, okay, go ahead. No, that's fine. Let's take a break and come back and review Marintal. Yesterday, during the preparation of those putrid little twins I captured, I tuned into entrails from the skeleton closet. God damn it! I was hoping to catch the newest episode before tonight's feast. Matt and Mike are the shit when it comes to odious cinema. Well, that's what I've been trying to tell you. I became so enthralled in the show that I negligently dismissed both children as being dead. After dissecting and boiling the boy, I realized that the girl had escaped the house and taken to the forest. How could you be so reckless, you old fool? Check out Entrails from the Skeleton Closet for reviews and discussions on genre-specific exploitation, horror, television, and general cult cinema. It just might save your life. But your brother's totally fucked. You know, we could pickle that little boy and save him for the solstice. Ooh, yummy. That is uh, Talking Heads. I like that. Born. You may ask punches. yourself, why do I like this? I thought it sounded <laughs> like Talking Heads. Yeah. Ooh, cool. <laughs> Our first film of the day. Marantau, two thousand nine, directed by Gareth Evans, who does not. That does not sound like a. What is this film? This is this is Malaysian. No, this is a uh, Indonesian. Uh, yeah, 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 Indonesian. God damn. Jesus Christ. Gareth Evans does not sound like an Indonesian name. I, Did I was you watch this movie, motherfucker? I was confused with this one. Well, you fucking told one. me to watch this, and you said we'll watch some Indonesian cinema. Well, the other one is not Indonesian. It's well, I know that. I remember <laughs> that, too. 
So, uh, from 2009, uh, directed by Gareth Evans. Uh, That's what you Coleslaw. Good memory. Yeah. Yes. Go up down some slaw off of Essia Argento's bushy vagrina. Uh, so what? we <laughs> we have, we have let's see the the synopsis of this one uh, in oh great they're gonna make me say the name of his village in, in Minangkabau, West Sumatera Sumatera dude that synopsis is like a a fucking giant paragraph Yuda a skilled practitioner of Silat Harimau is the, in the final preparations to begin his Marantau, a centuries-old rites of passage to be carried out by the community's young men that will see him leave the comforts of his idyllic farming village and make a name for himself in the bustling city of Jakarta. That's good enough. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a, a young lad, maybe probably 18, 19 years old, who is leaving his little farming village to go to the big city of Jakarta to kind of, it's kind of a Kind of a rite of passage. He, if he can make it there, then you know he's he can make it anywhere. Exactly. It's up to you. It's up to you, Jakarta, Marantau. <laughs> so, Zom, what did you think of this film? I liked it. And a review over. <laughs> um, okay. In a world. Now, you already did that part. Um, okay. Now. I liked this movie. Um, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It sort of was, but it was much more. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's hard to <sighs> – I watched Ang Bak first and then I watched this one. Ang Bak was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Uh, and we'll, I'll let you know later if that's – good or bad or whatever in the middle. <laughs> and this one was that and to me a lot more. Um, I uh, – it started out um, – I, I just – I think that it was just more uh, – I liked the story. Uh, it, it, it just carried a lot more emotion. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it uh, it brought out a lot more emotion in me because uh, anytime uh, any movie that you see um, didn't we review one before about like uh, human trafficking or maybe that was just one I watched uh, I don't remember um, covering one I watched one before that was uh, sort of it was about a uh, I don't think I think I talked about it on the show a long okay. time, like one of one of our first shows about a, uh, a female reporter and human trafficking, yeah, and she yeah, was yeah. trying to stop it, and, and it was just hor- horrendous. And it was really horrible. And that's one thing. Was that um, the one with Rachel Vise? No, that was, was uh, that that was another one. Okay. That was a whistleblower. whistleblower. But this one was a, a foreign movie that I had seen. And uh, I can't remember what it's called now. I have to go back and check or something or whatever. I'll, I'll come back around to it when I'm cutting grass and listen to the show. Um, but um, anytime you have a subject like that and, I mean, it's treated in a, in the, in, you know, a realistic way, it just, if you're any kind of a human being, I mean, that's one thing as far as setting up a villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and we were talking about uh, another movie like Vice Squad. I mean, when you're, when you're talking about um, someone who just basically has no respect for another person as a human being. It's just about one of the worst things that you can witness and to even think about and then put yourself in the position of these helpless, 
poor, helpless people that are being exploited and everything. And then not only on that uh, uh, that case, you have on top of that um, a certain amount of uh, it's not it's not quite as bad as say um, what was the fucking movie about the where the guy goes on Jeopardy from India. Uh, oh, uh, not Jeopardy! The Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? The yeah, Slum, yeah, Slumdog yeah. Millionaire. Slumdog Millionaire uh, with uh, a lot of the the um, the poverty and stuff like that. You had that to a certain amount, but that wasn't the focus uh, of this. Um, but basically, uh, like you said in the synopsis, uh, Yuda um, is this young young uh, man who uh, is just coming of age to where he goes on this uh marathon and uh <laughs> marathon. I didn't take that. Uh, so he um uh like you said a rite rite of passage well now his mother um she has seen her at least one son and seen other people in the village where the son goes on this uh vision quest or whatever it is. Uh, it's not a vision quest because a vision quest is more like, you know, a, a spiritual thing where maybe I think where they smoke the peace pipe or go into sweat lodge, the yeah, native yeah. Americans. This is actually where you're, you're going on a, on a journey to like to find yourself, to make yourself, to become a man basically. And to we make could, your own way. We could have doubled this up with Kingpin. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Actually we could have. Anyway, uh, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And we could, well, I wonder, Kingpin was, uh, that was Amish. Okay, I was yeah, thinking yeah. Mormon. I saw a couple of Mormons uh, when I was riding my motorcycle the other day. And, you know, um, I just, I get off track. But when you see these two guys walking down the street with their white shirts on and their ties and their little backpacks and stuff, um, I don't know. It just kind of. Well, whatever, more power to them. As long as yeah, they when don't. I, when I see that in my neighborhood, it's time to lock the fucking door and close the blinds. <laughs> I, I, I used to like highway to hell on the fucking stereo and turn up <laughs> or uh, uh, whatever. Anyway, so let's get back to this. Okay, so he goes. She she basically is. Uh, I think it's just like any mother. It would be in this village. This would be almost like uh, when if your mother sent you off to say like college. And you were going to another state where mm-hmm. they weren't going to see you, and and uh, you know, and your mother's kind of like uh, seeing things change. She's seeing you grow up. She's glad that you've grown up and become a man. But if you stay home, then you know she doesn't have to worry as much and this and that. But she realizes that this is something he has to do. Now he is a a practitioner of uh, was it Salat? Salat, yeah. yeah. Uh, Salat's a very it's a really interesting martial art it seems i i know it's like a it's kind of a combination of some martial arts from actually from india and from china but it's it looks very primitive yeah like it's very like it's almost ritualistic like it's almost like a dance at times yeah um it's really it's really cool looking like in the the way the kid will like prepare himself during a fight kind of like does this like weird crab walk back and uh, I think I read it's probably on Wikipedia or something about the film, but the the particular style. There's different stances and styles of Silat, and the the one that he does in this one is uh, is Tiger Silat. So, well, I just made that up and put it on Wikipedia. Do you read that? <laughs> anyway, uh, no. uh, um, he I, it, it would almost be like um, 
if you or I said, you know, we're, we're leaving home, mom, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go to Hollywood and make a movie or I'm going to become a director or I'm going to start mm-hmm. my own uh, 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 theater somewhere or something, something that we really like and we're going to go out and she's kind of like, hey, God, why don't you stay home and fucking farm or something. And so anyway, he goes on his trip and um, of course now she, she – he says, you know, I'll do my best. And she goes, I know you will. And da, da, da. So that, that sets up like kind of a, a, um, like I said, I don't, I, I don't want to compare it to the other movie, but I have, I, I have to, but I don't want to give away what I think about the other movie, but it, it just really, it, it is, it was very emotional because, you know, it's a mother and a son and, and, you know, I, I really felt for the mother seeing her, Son go away, and and of course now he's excited. He's he's young and he's naive, and he's never been really out in the real world. They live in a in a like we all, I called them the you know hillbillies, which they do in the you know the movie and stuff. But um, or that might have been the other movie. But um, <laughs> they live out. But the, I think that it seems like they live pretty well. It's not like they're impoverished. The the farmers and stuff. Yeah, that, yeah. It's just like live kind, out. Of a, kind of a middle of the road kind of yeah. And not being like it really exploited, like where the government comes and takes all their crops yeah. and starving or anything like that. So actually, you know, when I was looking at, it, I was like, man, why the fuck would you want to leave that? That looked pretty good. But you know, it probably got some more pussy in town. So anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so which they do. Um, he um, he goes um, to the you know the big city, uh, and you know for. Like I said, we we say like a country boy or a farm boy or something like that. But I mean. When you look at him, I mean, he's got like khakis on and a pair of tennis shoes. I mean, he looks pr- fairly, yeah. fairly preppy, <laughs> well dressed. Of all the, uh, it's funny. Like both of them, both the heroes of these two films, kind of wear similar outfits the whole yeah. time. It's like a, it's like an Oxford uh, tucked into khaki pants. Yeah, yeah, you know. But uh, well, whatever. I guess they kind of have a, a, a yuppie style there, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't know. But I mean, you know, look good. Uh, he's a good-looking young man. Very good-looking young man. Oh, um, but he. He, he um, it starts out. I guess he has enough. Uh, he has enough bread in his pocket that he doesn't really have to worry. Uh, but um, he's told, you know, hey, you can live at this place here. Here's the address, and you know everything. And of course, he goes to the place, and there's nothing but rubble. And uh, the, the, of course, the number, <laughs> the address that he has, he has a fucking whatever, and it just says this big post is all that's left. It says, you know, with a big number 19 on it and people are clearing up, clearing out all this rubble stone and everything. So he's kind of fucked. And, uh, uh, he tries to call the, the phone of the person and just keeps saying it's disconnected or whatever does not exist. Um, so that kind of sets you up for, okay, he's kind of going to have to, sort of fend for himself uh he has money but now he has nowhere to stay or anything so he kind of starts uh working out that and uh does a little roddy piper uh staying at the construction site deal um but things things kind of um it's almost like uh if you are a spiritual person where um like a Norse Norse mythology, where you would go on a quest, and uh, you know uh, the hero would be thrust into this situation where he has to um, stand up for what's right. Because, like he said, he he tells his mother, you know, I'm going to do, you know, I'll do my best, and you know, she she 
brought him up right and everything that uh, he's not going to go and become. But you never know. I mean, it's right, just right. like like I said, a kid going to college, you don't know if they're going to go and and just get fucking hammered every night and go wild or whatever. And but this, you know, he seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. And um, now, yeah, now his family, his family knew what he was going to Jakarta to do. He was going to he wanted to open a Silat school oh. in Jakarta. Now his brother, we learn, has already gone on his Marantau and come home. Now. Right. Wouldn't he give him a little heads up on the on the teaching the Salat teaching situation in Jakarta? Because like <laughs> he gets there and the this guy at a restaurant's like, uh, yeah, nobody's gonna, you know, there's no schools for that. I mean, maybe in somebody's house or whatever. It's like yeah. you think his brother would have told him. He's like, oh yeah, you might not want to do something else because there's no. <laughs> his brother might be an asshole. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really have. He doesn't do much in the way of talking in the whole. His movie. brother's probably like, yeah, go, yeah, it's great, yeah, yeah, yeah. The only reason I came back was because you know I was just you know I, you know. He probably felt him some bullshit story because he didn't want him to know that he just fucking failed because uh, he was a loser. Anyway, um, he's, he kind of gets in a situation where he is uh, – it's just a, a – in some ways you could say uh, wrong place at the wrong time, but mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. maybe right place at the right time. You know, They always say uh, one good man can make a difference. Yep. You know, just remember that, people. Remember that next time you see some injustice out there. You know, <laughs> Take your 30 out six and go – whatever anyway um he um he's just basically chase uh, there's a kind of little riffraff little dude mm-hmm. who uh is kind of a street kid who's uh you know begging and stuff like that and and um he he is chasing him because he steals a shit and uh that brings him into this situation and like i said i i i'm not like a big spiritual person but um you know, if you were, you might think, hey, this might be the whole reason. You know, if you believe in a higher power or whatever or yeah. a vision quest or something like that and people say there's a there's a reason for everything and you're put on the earth for whatever, like us doing this podcast, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, he, um, he kind of gets put in this situation where the little boy's um, sister uh, is kind of being manhandled by this sleazy – um, it kind of looks like this guy that I worked with at one time who got fired. Uh, <laughs> he, um, this sleazy club owner who's sort of a cross between a, a, a strip joint, strip uh, joint owner and pimp. And he's kind of manhandling this cute little girl. And, and he, he says something like, uh, he's trying, he's trying to basically kind of extort, uh, some money off of her and saying, you know, if she's a go-go dancer, they said go go dancer. I don't know why, you know, they make a strip joint or whatever. But um uh I looked at it like almost like an a, 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 an adult or, right. or, or exotic dancer where they give they get tips. Right. And uh her deal she said was uh that she got to keep all the tips and um but I always thought, you know, they got to give me something, you know, whatever. But anyway, um, they just worked on tips. And he said, I want 40% of the tips. And she says, you know, this is our deal, you know. And and then, of course, she he, he grabs her or whatever. And out of reflex, she just slap, bitch slaps him. Well, then he's like, she's just a little, little thing. And um, he says, well, now for that, I'm taking 100%. You know, and he takes all her money. Well, so Yuda shows, is just, uh, he had been chasing that boy. Yeah. And um, I think they say he saw her. He came upon her before. 
right? That, that was the and first he was time the because he he that was so the first he time knows of it, her. It went in that no 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 that was the first time because he the kid the chase ended up in that alley where right. Johnny was fucking with her. Right. Um, yeah, the guy that played his name is Johnny, spelled with an I, so it's he's already a dick. Right. Um, they, he's well cast. He's such a shithead. Like, yeah, he is a shithead. He he's wears a fucking like red silk shirt and track pants. Like he's that kind of guy. Like he just, ugh, he's gross. And he's and he's not. He's the kind of guy that would manhandle a, a woman, but not. You know, he has nothing when it comes to like any kind of balls. Yeah, he's the he he except he'll to have his boys. You know, he'll punch a chick in the face, but when it comes to like getting his hands dirty, he'll just tell three other guys to do it for him. Yeah. So anyway, uh, uh, Yuda shows up, and um, and he, you know, it's right there. His it's almost like his um, he has like it's he's like at a crossroads. Uh huh. He can just kind of and uh, and you know, like I said, in life, with everybody, you have times like this in your life where you come upon a situation like that, and you can either fucking walk away and nothing will happen, and your life will just go on the way it was going, or you know, you can stand up for somebody who can't or something like that, and you have to make that decision. Well, he's the kind of guy, like I said, I, I think first of all because of the way his mother brought him up and then not only that but he has studied this martial art so he's got some confidence you know yeah. so he's not really super worried but i mean you know he he goes over and confronts the situation and and uh, it almost puts him in a weird situation because after he kind of manhandles johnny uh, then Johnny looks at the girl and he's like, "Okay, you really fucked up." Now. <laughs> and she kind of starts busting Yuda's balls. She's like, "You know, why don't you mind your own business?" You know, because she she needs a job. Because uh, Johnny's like, "You know, well, you're fucking fired. You know, yeah. you're done." Well, it, it, it seemed like in this uh, in this uh, town, uh, you know, having a job is a is a pretty big thing. You know, and if and and even no matter what it is, because I mean, here's this girl. She's intelligent. She's really cute. And Johnny says something like. You know, like anybody wants to come see your pasty ass or something like that. And I'm like, man, I know you're being a dick, but she was fucking hot. She was a good looking, yeah. But she was a very good looking girl. And um, so anyway. Um, Siska is her name. Yeah. And uh, and uh, her name in the movie is Astri. Astri. And Adit is her little brother. Um, but so then Johnny, of course, he's a punk. Or, I mean, he's a coward. So he has his little gang of stooges. And uh, there's probably... I think four of them. He said, you know, four after, and they and they jump on Yuda, and he kind of he he handles himself okay, but it's in such close quarters that uh, when he knocks one of them away, starts fighting with the other one, the the, the other ones will recover and get on him. Mm-hmm. So they get him down and beat shit out of him, and then Johnny, of course, after he's completely almost helpless, he goes over and starts kicking him yeah. and shit, saying, you know, hey, you fucking blah 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 blah, you know, pay the piper, but. Um, there is one dude uh, – so Astrid kind of goes about her business with her little brother. The little brother begs on the street and stuff, and she's kind of like, you know, well, what the fuck am I going to do now? I don't have a job or anything. And um, then you – the second uh, – Johnny is a villain, but he's kind of a toady villain. Yeah. And uh, you find out that uh, this guy um, – Somebody else is pulling his strings. Yeah. They just for, – for the longest time, they, they, he just referred to him as Mr. He would just uh, – Johnny called him Mr. all the time. You know, excuse me, Mr. Yes, Mr. Da, 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 da. And this guy – okay, now I hate to say this, 
because it, I mean no disrespect because uh, this person that I am going to mention is a dear friend of our show. But this guy reminded me of Bryn. He fucking looked just <laughs> like him in the face. And he is an asshole. Not Bryn. Uh, this is uh, a... Yeah, yeah, Bryn too. <laughs> uh, no, seriously. When I was watching this, the the, the main bad guy that um, I think it's this. Uh, um, they said his name's Luke in the movie. Is he? Was it, he Danish? He had a weird fucking accent. Yes, because it sounded like he was trying to sound like have sort of like a a little bit of a redneck American accent, but something else was coming through there. His name's Mads Koodle. No, no, no. I'm talking about this Laurent. Uh, or, no, wait oh. a minute. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. It was this. Red, it was the uh, Mads. Mads Koodle. Now, in the picture there, yeah, when you see Denmark, him on IMDb, it doesn't look as much like Bren. But if you watch the fucking movie, I swear to God, there were times <laughs> where I was like, God, he looks just like fucking Bren. Especially, especially when he's punching women and uh, get and has cuts all over his face. <laughs> oh, my God. He was a... If, if, um, he's, younger than, he's younger than me, motherfucker. Motherfucker. You're, well, hey, you know. The, uh, time the Avenger. Um, He's been a lot of fucking stuff, man. When you first are introduced to him, it's just Johnny bringing this gr- these girls to him in this really nice place. And uh, he's got all the girls lined up. He's got like, uh, I think, five of them, four or five of them. And uh, this guy is inspecting. All you see, you don't see him at first. You just see like somebody looking in this girl's eyeball, like an optometrist holding her eye open and shining a light and looking. Then checking her teeth like you would check the teeth of a horse. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Checking her hair like you're looking for bugs or nits or something. Uh, and then, uh, of course, then going down and checking the cooch, he gets like a, a, a fucking pap smear and puts it in the test tube. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Well, it's this the bad guy. The bad guy. The bad and, guy. Uh, he is um, uh, basically, you know, uh, like a white slavery guy. And, uh, of course, he has to sample the product and everything. But he's real uh, – he, he – Tells Johnny he wants all the girls to be what he says clean. He checks them to see if they have any uh, track marks on their arms. Uh, checks them like over everything, you know. And um, but he's really strange. You can tell that from the from the get go. Other than like checking these women like cattle, which like I said, that just and and you can see the women how how degraded they are and how, oh, yeah. how you know terrified they are and everything. Which like I said, that just makes you just like you're just like oh my god. From the word go, with Johnny was bad enough, but then with this guy, you're like, I want to see. From the word go, I was just like, I want to see this guy die. I hate this motherfucker. He's such a piece of shit. And uh, you know, so anyway, um, he's like really strange. And he tells Johnny, says, you know, I thought I told you to bring, was it five girls or six? Five. Five. I told you to bring five. Well, he only had four. And so he's like, well, you know, da, da, da. and I think he was going to bring Astri, but she had, he had that, fired her. Or yeah, that, yeah, that was the one. So he didn't think anything of it. He thought, well, I'll just bring these girls. And that guy's like, listen, I told you fucking five. And when I say five, I mean five. There's no leeway. There's no wiggle room. I want five. And if you don't bring me five, then I'm going to fucking make you pay like he's going to cut his face up or something like that. And Johnny's terrified of him. So obviously he's probably dealt with him before. So he knows he's a fucking psycho. Well, like I said, he kept calling him Mr. But it says his name's Ratger. I don't remember. I don't remember them saying Ratger. I don't remember. Like, I don't, I didn't catch his name through the whole thing. But he kind of has a, I thought it was like his toady 
which is this other actor, Laurent uh, Busson. Uh, and, um, but it's not really a toady. And I thought maybe at one time I thought maybe it was like his brother, but then I don't fine, know. It I could mean, be brother could, and something else. It could yeah. be as Corel, Corel kind of a deal. <laughs> He's younger than me too. Corel. No, Laurent Busson. Right, David's dead. Anyway, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I fucked him in the ass. And when I pulled it out, it had shit on, if you must know. He's a Luke, Laurent Busson is a, is a straight up martial artist. It looks like he's done yeah. as many, he's done, he's been a stuntman as many times as he's been anything else. And the other guy is actually like a real actor, which uh, they hide it pretty well. But because, you can kind of tell that he has some kind of martial arts. Something. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, because you know, he, he's not like looking at his IMDb, it just looks like he's in like TV stuff and like he doesn't look like he does like action movies mm-hmm. so maybe maybe they just trained him for this or maybe they just hide it well when they had a stunt double in there i'm no. not i don't know well you, you um you basically have a situation where uh johnny is of course terrified and he's like i gotta find a girl by tonight or this guy's this crazy fucker is gonna get me so the first person he goes to is and i don't know if he was supposed to bring astri to start with or not but he's, he's she's the first person he thinks of so he goes and gets her and this leads into the whole chase fight chase fight chase yeah, yeah, fight yeah. where um they they basically kidnap her and then uh yuda or uda is it uda yuda yuda um he he goes and he's like, you know, going to go help her and find her or whatever because uh, he sees, like I said, the injustice and, you know, how horrible this is and everything. So he goes and uh, and it just seems like from the first time he fought – and I, like I said, I think the first time when he fought those guys, I think they were in an alleyway and it was so enclosed that they could all kind of get on him before he could yeah. – But. It just, it just seems like he kind of opens up a can of whoop ass because <laughs> slightly. <laughs> well, and not only that, but I think it's the circumstances are so grave mm-hmm. that uh, you know you you draw from that that fucking uh, strength from within, or I don't know if it's the his chi or his the force or whatever. But <laughs> he fucking kicks some fucking major league ass. This is and the he, uh, the setup the the bar. Yeah, he becomes scene. like a one-man gang, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about uh, Akeem, the African dream. <laughs> but um, – and when when he shows up at the, at the, at the fucking bar and shit uh, where um, Ratger and Luke and Johnny and all of them are or whatever, uh, it's just like when he walks into the room, they had beat him up before and he was kind of uh, – kind of beat down yeah and he fucking no well not the first time when they beat him up he was he was kind of like out of it and he's like walking up the steps to go and try and i guess help her yeah and he shows up in that in that little room and i mean i'm telling you what he fucking laid a fucking ass whipping on those <laughs> fucking guys this is a th- that scene is probably the highlight of the film for me at least this is the second time i've seen this uh, <laughs> i saw it at the action movie festival a couple of years ago and that you didn't go to this year that i didn't go to last year or this year um but this is uh this scene really like i saw it with a decent audience and a decent sized audience and this scene in the bar really had the people like like ooing and awing um some uh really good like 
well choreographed stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's and, a couple of things like, and anybody familiar with Indonesian action movies mm-hmm. knows that the stuntmen in Indonesian films uh, don't seem to have a, as high regard for their own health as in. Yeah, there's others. some contact. There's contact. Yeah, and there's like there's a, there's a kick uh, into a dumbwaiter, which is pretty cool. Um, there's he kicks this guy into like this high up like stand standing bar. <laughs> but there's this one in particular where he kicks a guy out of midair and that one uh in, in t- like through a table and mm. that one really had the uh had the crowd like ah oh! like it was it was, it was it was a cool Ooh. thing to see with an audience so well um one thing like i said i mean you know as as, as comparing this to the to Ang Bak that we watched um i noticed in this one the sound effects to me were a lot better like you hear smacking uh-huh. like you know uh, like Smacking, whereas when in Ong Bok when they're fighting, it sounds like somebody almost like hitting a punching bag, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas in this one, you hear flesh on flesh, and you hear several times you hear like kind of crunching bone kind of sounds and stuff, which really adds to it. That's a that's a trait of of Silat as well. I think they it's a they focus a lot on um, joint strikes, uh, Mm -hmm. like you know basically making your opponent immobile in some way right. but you know he does a lot you'll see a lot of like blocks into like punching of the elbow or something yeah, like that which yeah. is pretty interesting. and and the and the knee and stuff like that yeah. um but he he when they really when they go and they kidnap her and they have her at that place and he shows up there you that's the first time that um you know I call I call him Mister. You know he. That's the first time him and his fucking douchebag friend uh, see uh, Yuda, and they they're kind of like you know okay they have a bunch of little flunky henchmen there, and he's it seems like he's kind of like a you know let's see what he can do, and uh, he sends him all, all these guys at him, and I mean he's just like in a zone, and he fucking just kicks piss out of all of them. Well, then it ends up he, he um, the guy, Mr., they call Ragnar on IMDb, he ends up getting like a, a, a glass smashed in his face. And it kind of reminded me of Jigsaw in uh, Punisher Warzone because this fucker, his face is just all, I mean, just bloody as that shit. That was pretty awesome, kicking the bottle out of the sky. Yeah, sky. and I didn't realize at first. I saw all this blood and I'm like, <laughs> fuck, man, he is fucking all bloody. And then when he kind of turned, then you saw the big pieces of glass <laughs> sticking out of his face. And I was like, holy shit, yeah, that is it, cool. It was a little silly, but, you know. Oh, it was cool, motherfucker, it was cool. <laughs> There's um, another silly part <laughs> right before that when he's watching the women that he's received so far. And it's like he's watching TV. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the the room is perfectly built for this, which you know it's kind of dumb. But each each woman is standing in this like colored like light booth, like and he has a remote control. He can like turn each set of lights on. It is kind of stupid, but it made me it made me smile because it was so so silly. But so, so then um, he kind of disfigures, you know, the Mister character, and uh, but the guy is so fucking crazy. That you know, if I had a whole bunch of glass in my face and I was that all scarred up, you know, most people would be like, "Oh my god, fuck," you know, because I mean, there's it's a lot. This guy just stands there with his big chunks of glass in his face, and it's just like he's just like walking around. He's like, "You brought him here," blah blah blah, blah and stuff. And um, so he punishes Johnny. Um, and I forgot one thing as I was saying that I forgot like this part where 
at the beginning of the movie when uh, Yuda is is uh, just on his way to this um, to this big city. Um, he's on a bus and he 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 meets this guy and he's sitting there talking to him and the guy's like, you know, hey, yeah, I remember when I was on my uh, Marantau. Yeah, you know, that was. It's kind of like. Uh, I guess you know, like I said, every every guy has. Supposedly, that's you know a tradition in that in that uh, culture, yeah. and the guy's like, "Yeah, I remember when I did that?" Yeah, and he's kind of telling him, "Ah, you don't want to, you don't want to start one of those schools, you know. It's it's you know everybody says they want to do that, it doesn't work, you know. You're going to end up." He's basically kind of giving him like the, sort of like a facts of life thing, like you were saying. His brother probably should have told him, which is, uh, you know, you're probably going to have to settle for, you know. Like we all do, you know, everybody thinks, you know, I want to go to be a big Hollywood star or I want to do this or I want to do that, uh, play baseball or some sports or some bullshit or, and then you end up fucking doing the job that you do. And, you know, it's just, that's the way it is. You, it's a job, you know, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not going to pro more than likely, you're not going to live your fantasy life. <laughs> anyway, so, um, I hate you, dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, this guy tells him that and, and that I like the fact that um, that comes into play. Yeah, that's my. Favorite I don't want to say what happens, yeah, but yeah. It, it it comes it comes into play a little bit, a little bit. And uh, <laughs> um, but that's a, that's a great part. I didn't expect. Okay, and and like I said, the, you you basically it, it breaks down. The movie breaks down into uh, you know chase, fight, rescue, chase, fight, rescue, and uh-huh. stuff like that. Now. Um, there was a part that, like I just mentioned about that, that I I thought was cool it, uh, because it added uh, added some depth. Uh, mm-hmm. That um, and um, another thing, there was something that happened that I probably should have expected, but I didn't. And um, and this is no like a no big secret or anything like that because we were just talking about the two guys that played the two role uh, Caucasian bad guys yeah. that one of them was a martial arts guy and the other guy you know we said well maybe he seemed like he could he he pulled off looking like he knew what he's doing but I didn't think that those two were going to have anything to do with the fighting and then when they start fighting I'm like holy shit <laughs> especially that one guy he was doing those like heel kicks where you. Keep your leg straight. And, oh, I mean, was that keeps, not fucking badass? When yes, he he does a his, super high kick. Yeah, and the kick does not connect. And instead of just bringing his foot back down for the heel kick, he grabs his own ankle while over his head and yeah. like, delays it, and then let lets go to like a was, spring action. It was pretty awesome. And the guy's like a tall, kind of a thin guy, so mm-hmm. it, it's almost like Jim Carrey or something. <laughs> his leg was really long, and, and he's so flexible. It looked almost like he's like a rubber leg or something. Yeah. yeah. And um, so it comes down to the point because, uh, you know, you do, like I said, he, he is whipping all their asses and everything. Well, then when these two guys finally decide, and I think at one point, I think the guy that played the Mr. character, the main bad guy, like when he would say, let's see what he can do. I was almost thinking that he was going to, he wanted to, he, well, he was a martial artist. So he was admiring this this uh, Yuda, but not only that, but and I probably I might be wrong about this, but I was thinking that he was going to eventually say, "Hey, you know, why don't you come work with me? You know, uh, right, I'll right, pay right. you good money to just like he did this other guy." And um, uh, but they end up getting in the the big throwdown showdown, <laughs> and um, 
it uh, was pretty good. It, yeah. it, it, you you have fight scenes in this movie that might go on for it seems like fifteen minutes or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're they're long, but they're good. And um, like I said, I mean, I, the one thing I liked about this was it had some emotion. It had uh, depth with some of the characters. There was a scene where Yuda and um, uh, Astri were, were, had a scene together where they were alone and they were talking about, you know, how they came, were brought up and this and that and everything, which was, which was pretty good. And you see like that, you know, of course they're developing a connection and everything, but everything wasn't um, cookie cutter. Yeah. And there was definitely a part of this that I did not expect. And I was like, because I thought it was going to go bam, 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 bam. Yep. And, I, know, I know what you're talking about. And uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm definitely not going to say that. Uh, but but the way that it happened, the part that I'm talking about, which I'm not going to tell you people what it is <laughs> until no you watch how, it. We'll no see. matter how much you beg. You can't even drag it out of me. <laughs> Don't put glass in my face. Um, <laughs> I liked that things happened the way they happened because I thought that it um, first of all it was different didn't mm-hmm. see it coming and second of all um, like I said almost uh, a spiritual vision quest kind of a thing uh, where um, this is this was his path and uh and um the one man making a difference kind of a thing mm-hmm. uh so anyway you know but but uh, there was a lot of stuff in there as far as the fights go like you said where you know this happened or that happened and he was whipping this guy's ass and he did this and did that and, did, and I really didn't get that much into that but um but um I this was just a lot more than I thought it would be. And you had told me when, when, uh, when uh, we were picking the movies that we were going to review, you, you came up with this first, and then we tried to find something to go with it. Yeah. And uh, I had seen the, uh, the, the cover art and stuff for uh, Ong, Ong, Bak, Ong Bak. And I remember you, know, you, just, you really were into this one. And uh, and said, you know, it's really good. It's really good. And then I said, well, you know, and we said, well, why don't we do that one? And I said, yeah, let's do that one. I've seen it, but I've, I've the box, but I've never watched it. And you were kind of like, well, it's not as good as the other one. Blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, I, I I don't have any other notes or anything on this one. But um, other than, like I said, I just it, it's uh, it, it's an action fest and you get everything that you want as far as that goes. I mean, everything you want, you get some kick-ass, badass fighting and, and shit like that. But there's a little bit, there's a lot more to it. I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's solid as a, as a, as a story. I guess if I had to, if I had to, I guess, complain about anything in this one is that it, it, even the she, after she even the second time I've seen what's that <laughs> she didn't have bigger tits no. <laughs> she didn't have huge she pants. was so cute um, th- is that it was too long and uh, you know after seeing it twice I still feel like I still yeah. feel that way it could be cut down by like fifteen minutes I got I that way be, toward the end because yeah. like I'm selling loaf before we came on I um, of course put it off till the last minute to watch it <laughs> and uh, I was sitting there watching it and I had we always start about noon or whatever on Thursday to record. And um, I had it almost timed out to where when the end of the movie was coming up was when we were going to start recording. And I was watching like the final fight 
and okay, he's he's finally fighting the two main, you know, Caucasian bad guy assholes. And I'm thinking and, and I would hit pause and look and I'd be like, How the fuck is there twenty five fucking more minutes? They've been <laughs> fighting for fifteen and things have come down to this and it still says there's twenty five fucking more minutes. You know, so I kinda got the same feeling yeah. there too. And um and you know this one actually I think it was like they chose it as the best film for Action Fest, the first Action Fest. So that was pretty cool. So the um, you know I, we've covered. I've I've pretty much interjected everything, all of my notes. But the um, some the choreography. There's some really spectacular choreography throughout the movie. Um, I really like the like the part. It's it's not as much a fight as it is a chase where they're they're fle- he's fleeing a bunch of people out of this apartment and like it's kind of it's one of those. Uh, martial arts film chases where they'll be running, running and then he'll stop to fight a couple guys and running, running, running. Mm-hmm. And, but the whole, I, I really like that part. And the, it's, it's obvious in that was the first time they did it. Um, and you see it a couple other times. It's obvious they use some wires, uh, for guys falling. Yeah. Which I'm okay with. Um, now I will say, and this is another comparison to earlier Indonesian action films. Falling off these like storage containers or falling off this this like this uh, scaffolding. Mm-hmm. Twenty years ago in Indonesia, there was not there would be, there would have been no wires. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm okay. And with there that. would have probably I, been some dead people. Yeah, I don't want to see yeah. guys get hurt for the sake of my entertainment. Well, um, well, if it's really good. <laughs> um, and, and and we mentioned it too, but the. The whole this whole coming back around part. Uh, there's a the scene in an, in an elevator. Uh, I, I that was. If I were so inclined to choose a make or break, and I don't know why I would ever choose something like that, but <laughs> if uh, if I were to choose a make or break scene, it would be that. Um, I, I I thought that gave the film an extra layer um, that it might have lacked otherwise. Um, I, you know, I like the the human trafficking element of it and mm. like the unsung hero kind of thing. But were the two main Caucasian bad guys gay? That, I, I, it was hard to tell. It seemed okay. like it because there was like some very close interaction between them. Mm. Um, well, what's his? The one guy definitely liked women because he raped them and screwed I mean, them and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't or know. maybe he didn't like women and that's why he raped them and screwed them. I don't yeah. know. Um, it's kind of yeah. it just sounded weird. He liked women, <laughs> so he raped them, <laughs> or he hated them and liked them. Yeah, whatever. So, but yeah, that's about it for my notes. Uh, we can just Come get out. into ranking it, record, or recording it. Whoa, recording yeah. it, recording <laughs> it. Jesus. Speaking of recording, it's still going. Record- okay, okay. Yeah, and my dog's squeaking his toy. I don't know if you could hear <laughs> that, but. I would give this a. That's how I calibrate. Uh, 6.5. I thought it was good. I I would have never... I don't really watch a lot of... um, Most of the martial arts movies that I watch are like old stuff. Um, So I'm just not familiar with... uh, You know, if somebody points stuff out to me... Uh, yeah, I'll definitely watch it. You know, this was rated R. I wonder if that was just all violence because there wasn't a lot of like uh, sexual. I mean, you had the the hints and stuff of yeah, yeah, just hints. It's sexual the, they, stuff. They, sent, they hint at sexuality, um, as with 
I've it's it's rare that you'll see nudity in in a in an Indonesian right. film or anything like that. Strong um, bloody violence and language. I think Lady Terminator is one of the only that is Indonesian, isn't it? I think that's one of the only Indonesian films I've seen with nudity in it. Yeah. Singapore. This one's Singapore. It says. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it takes place in Indonesia. So yeah, yeah. And it must but, be a but, British guy that British guy that directed it. But um, if this movie was put out in um, America, I mean, like in the theaters, mm-hmm. I can't imagine it would be rated R. Probably not. Yeah, no, I, I mean, like the 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 violence in it is. It's not. It's not graphic. It's just, no, you know, it's it's just martial it, arts violence. Right. So, and like, it, and, doesn't, it doesn't appear that he's killing guys right. more than just you know knocking them out as he t- runs away or whatever. So now there was a um, yeah, there was times where he would like he could actually kill a guy f- several times, mm-hmm. and you know you you think to yourself, okay, if this would have been Frank Castle the Punisher, he would have killed these guys because then they would never be able to come back, and you know he would knock these guys out or just or, or incapacitate them, and then you know later on they, they'd be back. Uh, but there was one scene in this, and I almost forgot about it, where um, um, it takes place in an elevator. And I had heard um, Tom Savini talk about this, uh, where a guy gets shot in in like an elevator, and the blood looked almost like it was uh, a cross between like blue and purple. It looked like <laughs> shit. And Savini said something about some. You know, if people don't know how to do blood, they um, they he said they don't put enough green in it because it might look to you while you're standing there. The actors are standing there. It might look red as can be, but with the lighting and when they shoot it, it'll Uh come out looking a different color. And that's one right when I saw that, I knew what he was talking about because just in that scene and there was a lot of blood. It looks almost purple. Um, But there was also one other thing that I've just, I've forgotten. I was mentioning now. Um, There was one scene where a guy was um, did something really evil and he smiled and all this big, like real dark black or red blood (laughs) comes out of his mouth. And you talk about evil. That was fucking, that was cool. But um, like I said, I, 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 this is the kind of movie that, um, if you wouldn't have said, you know, hey, watch this movie, it's good, I probably never would have seen it. Yeah. Um, I liked it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I would go back and watch it again or not because, um, like I said, it did have enough story. Didn't have it didn't have too much story, too yeah. much talking, but it had enough to keep me interested that way. But as far as the fights go, it's almost like a, it's almost to me like a, watching a comedy. Once you've seen it, you've seen it, yeah, yeah, and you're not going to get the oh shit because you know you know what's coming and you've seen it. Yeah, but I still liked it. I'm you know, I'm I'm, I'm right I'm right there with you. Um, and it's uh it's as a you know the the story's interesting and like it has elements that are good but like i said it's just a little too long and um the the guy that plays yuda he lacks a little something to be like a full-time lead guy at least right now i think he's yeah. really young um really young that's he, a, he looks really young and the charisma yeah he's fucking he's really good at the things he does in the movie but as as an actor, he lacks something. He lacks that like oomph that that yeah. Like Bruce start. Lee had that had that 
certain cool mm-hmm, mm-hmm. charisma. And this guy, I mean, he's kind of like like you said, he he can do the moves, but he's but then again, his character in this is supposed to be this young, yeah, kind of naive, sweet uh, country boy. So I mean, uh, uh, you know, soft spoken stuff like that. So maybe that's yeah. what it is. He might be a real badass cokehead, <laughs> lady killing pussy magnet. I, I give this a seven out of ten. Um, like I said, the second time I've seen it, and um, I, it's it's not one to revisit a lot, but there's definitely it's definitely worth checking out. Um, I thought it was really good. So, Job. Uh, so seven out of ten for me and Zom. You said what six point six five? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so check it out. It's on Netflix Instant in the states. Might be elsewhere too. Elsewhere too. So uh, it's worth finding. So uh, let's take a break and come back and review. It ended up being more similar than I thought it would be. But uh, uh, Ong Bak with Tony Ja. Ja, we'll be right back. Ja. Are you serious, podcast? Bestofalot.com. Linoleum knife. 35 millimeter hero. Chinstroke versus Pensa. Family movie night. Bloody good horror. Girls on film radio. Night of the Living Podcast. Mail order zombie. Outside the cinema. Popcorn mafia. Perhaps you'd be interested in Gleecast. First time caller podcast. Showshow.podomatic.com. The David Pakman Show. Hello, gentle listeners. I'm Fozzie Bear. There are a lot of podcasts out there, and it's impossible to listen to them all. That's where the Podcast Podcast comes in. On the Podcast Podcast, we have very special guests from some of the best shows on iTunes, covering everything from movies to television to literature to pop culture and politics. On the Podcast Podcast, you can listen to these guests and decide if you should check out their show or keep on moving. Find us in the iTunes store by searching for me, Fozzie Bear. That's F-O-Z-Z-I-E-B-A-R-E. Back from break. I'm eating some black-eyed peas and some hot sauce and drinking a beer for lunch. Fergie. Uh, what kind of beer? Hang on, I got a mouthful of beans. <laughs> beer and beans. I am drinking... Plenty of the shifts. <laughs> I am drinking Bad Penny Brown Ale made by Full Steam Brewery here in Raleigh, North Carolina. No, sorry, not Full Steam. Big Boss Brewery. <coughs> full Steam is in Durham. <coughs> Hot sauce. <coughs> Era. Full Steam is in Durham. This is by Big Boss Brewing Company. It's good stuff. Bad Penny. They make some good beers. Beers. <clears throat> All right. Sorry. We're going to do uh, Ong Bak now. From 2003. Sam Alachu introduce. Brr. When the head of a statue sacred to a village is stolen, a young martial artist goes to the big city, finds himself taking on the underworld to retrieve it. Ong Bak! Ong Bak! Ong Bak, the Thai warrior. Directed by Prachya P. 
Pinkel. I probably Yow. slaughtered that. Um, starring Tony Ja. Ja. Um, and some other people I don't recognize. And whose With names I cannot, weird. <laughs> I cannot pronounce their fucking names. Fuck a duck, man. Thai is a very difficult language for uh, for honkies like us. That's one fucking name right there. And that is probably as close as I could get to saying what the name is. I'm glad to see that Pitch Thai Wong Kam Lao played somebody called Dirty Balls. I don't, rem- I don't remember anybody saying dirty balls in it, but uh, his this is a, kind of his comedic sidekick. So He's pretty fucking funny. So unlike, unlike Ong Bak 2 and 3, which take place in like the late 1500s, this takes place modern day. And it's another story of a young man who has been sent out of his small farming village to uh, – there's basically guys that are – they go around – buying like sacred statues and stuff like that from these small villages, you know, taking advantage of guys to, to resell them somewhere. And when the, you know, these villages obviously don't want to do it. So the guys just fucking steal it. And they keep saying, at least the subtitles did, they keep saying stone, but it was obvious this head that they kept, they kept fighting over was not made out of stone. It looked metal to me because it was very shiny, but, mm-hmm. uh, or like, you know, it looked metallic. So, um, and you get in the store in, in Ongbok two and three. So this 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 head has this particular like scar across the face of it, and you you see in in uh, Ongbok three where that comes from too. So um, that that's the that's the carry that's the uh, spoiler alert if you bother watching all three like a dummy like I did in one day. But uh, <clears throat> that's the carrying factor between them is the that statue. Um. Obviously, the statue is in better shape in the 1500s than it is in this one. But so they they have this. Now they they I swear the 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 narrator at the beginning said the ceremony that they do every 26 years or so to kind of choose a new priest or whatever is called Ongbok. But then they call the statue Ongbok also, and the statue is a Buddha statue. So I don't know why it has a name. But anyway, the um, there's a really cool part as it opens with these guys like kind of just smeared in dried mud are I guess they're seeing who is going to be the new like maybe prince of the ball <laughs> I guess you could say who's prince gonna be of the dirty balls yeah who's going to be the new prince of the dirty balls and they uh, these guys like covered in mud and this is the difference between the two films uh, they're climbing up this giant tree to get the sash that the Ongbok statue will wear and I guess the whoever comes back out of the tree with that will is like the chosen one for that particular ceremony. Jeff yeah. Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett will be the one. The chosen one. Um so there's guys just like they it's not there's no ill intent, but they're definitely um competing. And they, <laughs> I'd hate to see if there was. Yeah, they they push each other out of the tree and these, like I said, with the, uh, with the last film, when somebody would fall a long distance, it was kind of obvious a few times that they were on a wire. Um, Tony Jaw does not believe in using wires. Now he mm. does. There are there is some wire stuff in Ongbok two and three, but that's more of a supernatural setting where there's like a character that can almost fly and stuff, and obviously they have to use it for that, and or like super strength. So when somebody gets thrown. 
obviously you need help. You can't, a person can't really throw someone, you know, 10 feet through the air in reality. So not, not two people similarly sized anyway. We did see, uh, what, uh, What's the, what's what's the uh, diesel? What's his name? Kevin Nash do throw uh, Ray Mysterio like a spear into the side of a truck. Yeah, like yeah. But I saw Mr. Yeah. T throw a midget in a mid in a bouncer before he was Mr. T bouncer <laughs> contest. They had a harness on a midget, and the guys would have to throw him as far as they could. Or no, it wasn't a midget. It was a real size guy. I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? We're living long. Shut up. No, John is a fucking. He's Jaw. a specimen in this one. There's not an ounce of fat on this guy. John, he's a specimen. I don't think, I don't think his heart is really in making films. Um, he has the ma- he has the uh, the look and the I guess the on screen presence to be a big action guy, but he's not made many movies. Um, and his movies always get delayed and stuff like that. I mean, the three Ong Bak movies took eight years to make between the three of them. And you can really tell. I mean, he's obviously aged in Ombak 3. Like, he looks... He's not as cut as he was in this. Um, <clears throat> but uh, watching... Now, the, the the martial art in this one... You know, we said Silat in the last one. The martial art in this one is uh, Muay Thai. Muay Thai might, at its like core, be one of the more brutal like uh, martial arts. That it, it, as opposed to, like... You know, boxing has, like, the two points... It's uh, it's fist fist, and then like karate stuff like that. You have two feet, two fists. This one, two. You got the two hands, two fists, the knees, and the elbows, and it's kind of like the basis of kickboxing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, it can be flashy, but it looks painful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone taking a knee can look a lot worse than someone taking a a, a kick a kick. Yeah, because the knee has the fucking thigh behind it. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's heavy. The knee and elbow is like two of the hardest parts of your body, too. Yeah. And and Tony Jaa, besides my dick, Tony Jaa loves to fly in the air <laughs> with knees out. I'll just say that I have I saw more bionic elbows, baby, in this mm-hmm. movie than you would see in a dusted. Well, maybe not a dusted Rhodes match, but I saw every time he would deliver a flying bionic elbow. I would fucking be like, Dusty. <laughs> I'd write on the paper, Dusty, baby. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this, but Jaw's uncle in the village, he kind of looked like the Thai James Earl Jones. <laughs> he comes running in the room at one point. I was like, oh my God, it's James Earl Jones. It was pretty funny. I've been waiting for you. What? So he's, um, like oh. I said, he's the chosen one. And <clears throat> Jeff Jarrett. They didn't, they didn't really, he's Jeff Jarrett, and they don't really touch Jones. on it. But they okay. So the the monk who is going to be ordaining, uh, what was his name in the movie? Tony Jaw. Yeah, uh, Ting. Ting. So the 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 monk that will be ordaining Ting at the at the following ceremony before their before Ong Bak's head is stolen. Um, he said. So, okay, taught, no, no, no. What? What? Is he only Tony Jaw in America? Or in Eng- when they make it English speaking, because it says like the one dude. His name is Panam Yiram. That's his real name. Yes, because obviously his his name's not Tony. Jim. He's my okay, age yeah. too. He's just a little bit older than me. You could be him if you'd apply yourself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you do some sit ups and you know, <laughs> and fucking dedicate the get a time machine and dedicate my life to doing something besides sitting, drinking beer, and watching movies. 
I bet you you're happier than he is. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I hate you, Dad. You just said his heart wasn't into it. You oh. love your jobs. Yeah, fucking, <laughs> fucking love them. Um, All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm totally lost now. <laughs> okay. The the uh, the the, the wow, let's drown the, that with beer. The priest um, that was ordaining him. Oh right. He said, "I've taught you Muay Thai. Now I want you to never use it." Um, Fuck you, motherfucker. <laughs> and now, you know, since he's becoming a monk, he's like, he promised. And, the, you know, we get a little backstory of, of the monk. Like, you know, that he would suck so bad. I mean, okay, now that would be like a cruel joke. That would <laughs> yeah. be like somebody saying, okay, here's these Viagra pills. And if you take one of them, your dick will get so hard. And, okay, now, and you're going to go and you're going to work in a house full of, a whorehouse full of penthouse pets. <laughs> Playboy centerfolds, hustler, whatever they were, but I don't want you to use. Them. I never want you to use them. I just want. I you never to, want you to have sex. I just want you to sweep the floor in the whorehouse. That is it. What he, what he should when that guy said that he should have just knocked that guy out. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, motherfucker! It, it never comes back. Uh, yeah. I thought maybe they were going to do it for a while where he's like, I yeah. can't do it. I, I, you know, I, I promised I'm not going to use. really never held back. I <laughs> as soon as the need fun. arose, that motherfucker's knees were flying. So, yeah. um, so why did they even do that? <laughs> that was a weird touch. He obviously part. was an atheist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, they, uh, <laughs> he, they sent him to whatever city it is in Thailand. Well, it, they said it, it was, Earth. It's one of the bigger ones, uh, yeah, Staten Island, and um, they send him there with some money. All the all the villagers after their the head of their statue gets stolen to go find it because it's kind of you know obviously. And we get like I said more story back in Ombak, in Ombak two and three. This has been a very big part of their little village's culture for centuries, literally. You know, theoretically, if he was an atheist, none of the shit that happened would have happened. <laughs> he would because he, he would have been like. Who fucking cares? Like, fucking God just make a new one. Jesus Christ. Doesn't <laughs> I mean, mean shit. Not Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, yeah. um, whatever. So he uh, he's told of he's given a, a well he's given a couple things. He's given two addresses basically. One of a guy of a guy around his age that used to live in this village who has moved to the big city, and then the name of the guy who has most likely stolen the head. And he's, you know, he's the most able to go here and retrieve the statue. Mm-hmm. So um, he goes and finds the guy from the village who is now this, this is Dirty Balls, <laughs> as IMDb calls him. That is a good name. <laughs> this little, uh, yeah, it's this little kind of like chubby guy with uh, bleach blonde hair. And there's a funny line that he gives later on when uh, there's a guy that walks by with like bleached hair, and he's like, "Hey, what are you doing, dummy, with that hair? I'm the only one that can do that." <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, uh, and he has a little, like a girl that's his sidekick and they kind of run, they're running scams and stuff in, uh, in the city. And, um, uh, Ting tracks him down and, you know, wants his help getting Ong Bak back. And the guy's like, Oh, what the fuck are you talking about? He ends up stealing his money and using it to go bet and all this stuff. And he hears him saying, I'm going down to the fight club. I'm be there in a fight club in a few minutes over here. Hears him say that. And then realizes his shit's been stolen where, 
uh, Dirty Balls will be of <laughs> George will be taking his. When did they call him Dirty Balls? Really? <laughs> uh, I click on Dirty Balls on IMDb filmography Ong Bak. So I don't remember. The, <laughs> I don't remember them calling him Dirty Balls, but uh, so he tra- he follows George down to the uh, the Fight Club. And now, do you, do you remember the game? It came out right before Mortal Kombat in the arcades, but it was called Pit Fighter. Yeah. So the 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 club really made me think of Pit Fighter. I oh, yeah, used to when that game it. came out. That game was a piece of shit, but for some reason, because <laughs> everybody looked real, I really liked it when it came out. And I blew a bunch of money in that. I probably could have paid for my college all the money I spent in this stupid arcade. There was that one like really like stereotypically racist guy that, that was on there, the, the skinny black guy with the with like the knife you always got <laughs> uh, huh? on on Pit Fighter. The, one of the guys you fight, not one you play as, but oh, you said stereotype. I bet. <sighs> beer. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you, know, you get some uh, nice wrestling moves on display. Uh, there's like almost a vertical suplex at one time. There's a, a backbreaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the club fight, you know, uh, Tony Jaw, he, he realizes that his money's been bet and all he wants is his money back. So George is like, uh, I bet it over there. So, you know, Ting tries to just walk over and gets in the middle of the fights where basically somebody will just step up against the current quote unquote champion mm-hmm. and people will start throwing bets on who's going to win. So when he walks into the ring, well, he walks through the ring cause he doesn't even know any better. And the guy's like, Oh, you're the next to fight. And everybody, you know, he kind of is forced to have this fight and it's not really much of a fight cause he just kicks the motherfucker. That was so it's, fucking and awesome. It's, and it's over. And, <clears throat> and again, as they don't use wires when they fall, uh, his stuntmen don't seem to worry too much about uh, taking some taking some hits. Yeah. Um, the uh, the I guess you can compare it to wrestling when um, guys will wrestle stiff mm-hmm. to kind of you know you make it. You make it. You make it look better. The, the guys in, in, in pro wrestling, they'll go out and they say, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna wrestle stiff. We're gonna you know yeah. lay into me, make it look good, so we get everybody into it." I, I'm pretty sure that Jaw and his stuntmen are the <laughs> are the same way. And some of the hits in this film might be fucking real. Um, he fights with a pole later on in the film and like hitting dudes in the head with like a long pole, and it. I mean, the pole bounces off. I mean, it's like it doesn't look. Either he's amazing at making stuff look real. And with like his kicks and stuff like that, and I love the slow motion when he'll like do a spin kick, and you'll just see his, a dude's fucking cheeks just blah blah blah. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, my cheeks do that like when I stand up and sit down, <laughs> and they mine do that when I fill them up with time bad, to get back on the diet. Bad penny brown ale. Um, <laughs> uh, and I love the convention in modern 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 martial arts films of uh, having uh, when someone someone that's taking a hit like to the face or whatever, they're dusty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the yeah. or the foot striking them is dusty, so it's like you have a, a death day, and dusty you have, you have a big cloud yeah. pop off of them when they're being hit, and it's kind of like the, it's kind of like the sweaty slow motion punch of the eighties. <laughs> yeah, where the big thing of slobber comes up slow motion out of their mouth, <laughs> the, spittle. The modern day dusty, uh, the modern day death day, uh, martial arts kick is is the equivalent to. The '80s sweaty mar- uh, punch. So sweaty punch in the mouth is BV. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we <laughs> sweaty Martha Large punch. Did punch the elbow. 
if you will. <laughs> Slobbernaka. Son of a plumber. A plumber son. <laughs> Wine to dine with kings and queens. Dined on pork and beans. Yeah, um, dined on pork and beans. <laughs> In so, alleyway, you, you get a lot of shades of Jackie Chan in this film. Uh, two things in particular: they're they're especially in the first half. There's some uh, <laughs> kind of uh, almost uh, slapstick kind of stuff, um, usually focused around the Dirty Balls character. I'm gonna just keep calling him Dirty Balls because it's funny. He was but, great. Um, he, lo- I love him. He's great. He reminds uh, me of like some of the people we have on our group. <laughs> the dirty uh, balls. <laughs> so there's a chase scene where they get tied up with this group uh, that that dirty balls has ripped off with his uh, lady Mwai is her name Mwai Lek. Um, but uh, they there's a huge chase scene through alleys and stuff, and it's him and and Ting or Tony Jaw running at the same time. And obviously Tony Jaw is doing these amazing things where they do, and this is the other. Jackie Chan element. Um, whenever there's like a incredible stunt, and, and I'll, I'll give it to Jackie Chan in this case, he usually only does it like once or twice in a, in a film. <laughs> the it's like the, over the, and over and over the, the replay, <laughs> yeah, the replay. So when you get different angles and slow motion stuff of something incredible that he has done, and Dirty Balls is like um, <laughs> fucking little short toe-head guy, and he's got little short arms and little short legs, so when he's running, it's like he's standing up completely straight and his legs are out in front of him, like almost like a cartoon character. Yeah, so it's like, uh, okay, so I think an instance when uh, Ja does a, a flip and lands on his feet, like does like a back, like a forward handspring off somebody's back <laughs> and lands on a table with flour and runs across it, and then uh, George is running right behind him. He does the same like somersault over the dude's back, but he just lands on his back in the flower. It's like, oof. <laughs> yeah, you know, that kind of thing. It's just silly. But, um, so silly. Uh, the one part I did laugh at during that chase is uh, Ja has already run past this part where, but George stops and like grabs this big knife of a guy slaughtering an animal or something. And he's like, I'll skin you alive. And the guys chasing him are stopped. They don't know what they're going to do. And uh, <laughs> the, he's like, all right, just come on. And so George throws down the knife and grabs a really huge butcher knife. And then the guys really pause. And there's like a standoff for a second there where they're like, do, do we try this guy? I mean, he's going to, it's going to hurt if he cuts us with this big fucking knife. And <laughs> this little old lady walks by with this huge, Huge basket. She's like knives for sale, <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts to the scene where George is just running, and every single dude chasing him has a knife, which is pretty funny. So, but you get to see Tony Jaw fucking hurdle cars, which is incredible. Um, the I, I, there was a guy, I believe Darnell Ooh. McDonald, the guy that plays for the Red Sox. I can't remember his name right now. I don't even know if he plays for them anymore. But there was a Bill YouTube Buckner. video, Bill Buckner. There was a YouTube video of him. Uh, hurdling a car in a parking lot, like just running and just jumping over the roof of a car. I so, couldn't do that. No. Ja does it twice. One of them is moving, and then, and then he does a cool slide under He's a I, leaper, man. I, I thought he, was, could, he could jump far, really high, really far. Uh-huh. And, and there's no trampoline or anything. I mean, no. you can tell he's doing it. I think I thought he was going to I thought he was going to jump over the SUV too. Fuck. <laughs> so um now he uh in tracking down, like he just keeps getting into situation after situation. All he wants is the Ongbok head, and all George wants to do is keep using using Ting to make money. And um, Ting wants him to fight at this fight club, and uh, you know they can't talk about it. They can't. They're not allowed to talk about it. But the 
the the owner of the Fight Club is an an interesting guy with a trach hole. Uh, uh, well, you know what's good about it. I, mean, oh, I shouldn't say what's good about it is, um, you know, most people when they have the um, vibrating thing, you can tell what they're doing. Well, when he's doing that, it's coming out in whatever dialect that he's speaking. <laughs> so even if you, you know, you can't tell what the fuck he's saying. <laughs> well, I couldn't anyway because it was in Thai. But... <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was in Thai, so you can't fucking. You wouldn't, you know. Um, I feel sorry for people like that. So uh, not him though, not Don. Don yeah, so that, that's he's Don, actually, isn't it? No, Don is the one that brought it to him. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Don Don has given Ong Bak to this guy. I don't remember. Don his name. is like Johnny from the first movie. Exactly, he's the one that goes to village to village. Same and character, stealing Asshole. the statues. Yeah, coward, puss. So um, douche. Beer, bean, burp. Burr, burr. Um. There's was, a tear in frothy. my frothy, frothy. I'll go have some A and W. That's my brand. So I don't remember why exactly, but Ting just agrees to start like to fight at the Fight Club. Some I don't know if he's realized maybe that the guy running the Fight Club has something to do with. Ong- I can't remember exactly, but well, no, no, no. He um um didn't they say that he had to. Well, if a, he got- a, there comes a, a time when he knows. That the guy has the Ongbok, right. but and, and the guy tells him you're going to have to fight to get it back. But I don't know why he ends up going back to the club at the, initially to to fight more. It needs to a pretty spectacular scene, but I can't remember exactly that what brought him back there. But he fights like three guys in a row, and they were colorful characters. They are. It was like video game time. You had uh, uh, the the cross between Bruiser Brody and the Undertaker, <laughs> who was an Australian guy. He's an Australian and he Australian guy. He, he had fucking awful like permed hair. Yeah, and, and he kept giving him the finger. They kept, they kept giving him the finger. And then you had Car- the the guy who was like Carlito from WWF with the uh, the dust mop uh, kind of froish like thing that had the real fancy footwork. How satisfying was it to see him pound that dust mop headed? <laughs> yeah, because that guy was just fucking. He, was- he thought he was like. <laughs> like Muhammad Ali footwork. I just posted a. I just I posted a as our uh, group photo on Facebook of uh, Tony Jaw just kicking him right in the face. <laughs> yeah, that was good. But um, that other dude, the uh, the the great big guy. Well, of course, you always had to have a great big guy like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who was just real strong, Caucasian guy. But then and then you had the guy I said was like the Jersey Shore guy, and uh, his whole thing was all he did was fight with furniture. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that, I was like... He destroyed the whole fucking Fucking douchebag that guy was. Tribal tattoos, a sleeveless shirt, a do-rag. He was just awful. He looked... You know, he reminded me of, like, a bigger uh, uh, Sean Waltman or X-Pac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) He had that kind of look. He was really gross. He Um, had the wrong kind of heat. Yeah, oh, God, it was terrible. I just hated him. (laughs) I just hated him what he looked like. But yeah, all he did was just pick up chairs and tables and, and everything. I mean, he destroyed the whole fucking place. If I was the guy that owned that place, I'd have shot him. Like, look, you fucking asshole, dumb um, shit. Uh, I got dry he could hump- easily have been on Jersey Shore. He was like Ronnie from Jersey Shore. So. Dry, dry humping a waitress is an odd way of antagonizing someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that great big Bruiser Brody guy. Yeah, so I'll show you. <laughs> now, uh, the 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 payoff of this whole three man in a row fight is a knee through a window. That was fucking amazing. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> just just a little bit cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, 
That's a, it's a it's a it's a Muay Thai knee through a window. So right in, right in the middle of a dude's sternum, and both of them go flying out this window. So it was lots pretty, of knees like that to yes. the to the chest uh, chest. Um, so yeah, I mean, you get you get a, you get chases, you get fights. I mean, and you even get the the guy smoking through the trach hole, which is always cool. Yeah, um, <laughs> you gotta love that. You gotta love the fucking uh, the dedication of that. Yeah, um, he's like, you know, fuck cancer. I'm smoking through this soul, through this thing, and I feel like I've seen that before somewhere. A dude smoking in his trache- tracheotomy. Yeah. Oh god, the dog's back under my feet. God damn it! Probably a horror hound. <laughs> Yeah, and it wasn't a trach hole. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a bong in the cunt hole. <laughs> Cunny. That was such a fucking picture. Um, now, well, there's a... Uh, who would ever know, think of that? I, you know, well, hey, if, if you can think of it, it's out there somewhere. And I'll tell you something that, wasn't, that hasn't been thought of, and I think someone posted it on our group. Uh, a standing 69... Where the where a guy is getting blown from a a, a little person lady, but he's holding her up by her ankles. <laughs> yeah, well, you'd almost have to, or she wouldn't reach. No, no, I I, I can't find an image of it. I've looked. Oh, oh, oh. it's something <laughs> in your mind. Yeah. Well, somebody somebody posted about it on our group. Somebody after- could draw it and put it on the front of a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and the silver and gold. <laughs> um, but there's a rickshaw chase in this. I guess it's the rickshaws. They're motorized. They're kind of yeah, like three wheeled motorcycles. That's like three wheel deals. And they're they pretty. Sell that's like Philippines and <laughs> Vietnam. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty entertaining. But there's a crazy stunt in it. Now it's kind of overshadowed by a lot of the fighting stuff in this. Because I mean, seriously, you get Ja fucking jumping over flaming barrels, hitting a guy with flaming feet. <laughs> but, yeah, that was now that was a little to me. That was a little bit. Uh, uh, he looked like the fucking Human Torch. That, that was a little ridiculous because I don't give a fuck. He was going to get burned, and that's going to burns fucking hurt. I don't care if you're Tony Jaw or Dirty Balls, but um, <clears throat> that would hurt. It would hurt. But there's this, the, there's this crazy stunt. It, during the rickshaw chase where they've reached the end of this highway being built and one rickshaw is trying to ram another one off and the guy getting getting rammed <laughs> is uh he crawls up on the roof uh-huh. and right before his vehicle falls off this like 30 40 foot fall he jumps onto the roof of the other one uh-huh. now i know that guy wasn't tied in there's no fucking way and that's that's one of those scenes like you've got to get that one right the first time or you're not going to fucking get it right, be able to do it, you know? And it was pretty spectacular. It wasn't like flashy, but there's no getting this one wrong. I I really I really liked that that part. It looked very dangerous even though it didn't it wasn't like it didn't have the the glitz of the rest of the film, but that was a pretty crazy moment. Um and I guess what Muay Thai moment what Muay Thai movie would be complete without uh Somebody get it doing the ropes or something tied around your hands. You know, it made me think of the the Jean Claude movie with Bolo where they did the glass. What, which one was that? That was kickboxing. That was the Taipei Death Match. They did that in ECW. Yeah, which is cool. Axe like Rot versus Ian Rod. Fucking fucking uh, Tony Jaa tying his arms up with ropes just looked so badass. Yeah, they actually do that in uh, yeah. in Thailand. You know, when they fight with the the fucking rope shit around their head and their their hands. And he fights this juiced up guy, which is pretty silly because the guy just—if the guy starts to lose, he'll just take a shot of whatever it is to like <laughs> just get, energize himself. I thought it was like he was like some kind of meth or something because it just like made him not feel pain and gave yeah. him like all the energy in the world. 
but there was sh- shades of Bolo with him. The yeah. way the way he would act and like he would just be like, ah! although he didn't have titties as Bolo. No, nobody does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dick the Bruiser. <laughs> that was different. <laughs> Dick the Bruiser had this downward facing do- downward facing titties. Downward um, downward facing dog. Yeah. It's like yoga. <laughs> I almost said that. Um, well, I know. The, we are uh, we're simpatico. And uh, and the the scene that everybody's heard of it's right before. Or this is right after the flaming, uh, the flaming feet. But yeah. uh, Tony Jaw kicking a helmet, a motorcycle helmet in half, or kneeing. Excuse me, that was pretty awesome too. So yeah, because he went from flaming feet to water, slinging water legs. Because he jumps in there to put the fire out, and yeah, then he yeah, did yeah. the the helmet uh, million dollar knee lift, a la wrestling, Mister Wrestling Two. Well, what what I what I do appreciate is that. This one, the now, like I said, he, they abandoned the don't Come use on. your Muay Thai completely, but they they say it, it, it gets more spectacular as the film goes on. Um, you know, you get more and more craziness. You get more like the fights get more and more intense until the ultimate final battle, which always happens in these films, um, where you get <laughs> Ja Tony Ja the Human Bomb. But <laughs> that was that was pretty funny. Um, and uh, it's just this one is more, I guess, where the other one had depth. This one is more more of a spot fest, you know. The the story, yeah, is kinda, yeah. the story is kind of sidelined. I mean, yeah. Ultimately, the well, the goddamn story is just fucking a guy get trying to get the head. I've got to find head. a fucking rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've got to get emotional about a fucking rock. Now, the like what he tried to do with the remaining three films, be it you know whether or not you feel it's a failure or not, mm-hmm. he he it made it more epic in scope. Um, that you know it's implied that this guy is the reincarnation of this other, you know, this ancient like super fighter and all this stuff. And that this statue has a lot more history, but (laughs) 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 you know what, you know what it it, it reminds me of? And maybe it's just, maybe it's just the, you know, because of how we are, I say we, as in the Royal, we, me and the dude, um, Like that movie, The Book of Eli, mm-hmm. you know, you're supposed to get all this, you know, great emotion that, oh, my God, the book he was protecting was the Biblies. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's kind of like, okay, like they can't fucking remember the book. Like just because you have a goddamn book. I mean, it's like when people say, oh, my God, if you drop the American flag on the ground, you got you got to burn it. If it ever touches the ground, you got to burn. And it's like, no, asshole. It's what it stands for. Make sure, you know? man, make sure someone knows that context, though. Cause just because you, you have you a just fucking burn rock, it and somebody sees that, they're gonna. If you have a fucking uh, the, the head of a statue, you know, I'm not gonna go out and kill myself and murder people to fucking get it back. <laughs> so. Take the goddamn fucking thing. Who gives a shit? It's stupid. Well, they're it's, they're hillbillies. Like, we already we are we, God we already it. determined this. So yeah. Um. I'm a hillbilly, and I'm not going to go fucking go try and find a rock. <laughs> you murder you, people, and you, you probably are the exception to the rule where you are, though. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, the I've, I fear that they're going to come and fucking uh, burn my house down with with pitchforks <laughs> one of these days. I'm going to be like <laughs> fire. Well, uh, well, let's anyway. get into your notes here. I don't, don't want to keep going. Okay. Well, let's see. Do I have notes for this? Yeah. Oh, wow, no. <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, one thing I forgot to add about the uh, other movie was um, the um, 
as and comparing it to this one was the music. I thought uh, uh, Marin Tao, the music was way better. Mm. This one had kind of strange music. I, like you I, know what the in in Ongbok two and three, you know, you mentioned uh, like sound effects and stuff. The sound effects in those get like there's some ones that like I swear I heard them in like '90s video games and stuff. I was like that sounds sounds kind of cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then uh, and another thing. Now, of course, I'm coming up with Marantau stuff. Um, the one part uh, this the, in Marantau where this one guy's really beat up and he starts. I guess uh, uh, what's his name? The the young guy beat him up so bad, and uh, he starts like you can hear the his bones cracking mm-hmm. in his neck and his shoulders and ribs and shit. It's like oh, but this one's like like I said, it's kind of like. Yeah. Like somebody just hitting a heavy bag. Um, there was, and I, this is a note that I wrote. There was one part um, where there was some music, and it went wah ah 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 ah. <laughs> and, and I don't know. I, and I knew that when I wrote that down, that I would never remember the tune. So it's kind of doesn't make sense to have that written down. But it, it, it was just the music wasn't very good. Um, Let's see. There was one part where um, a, a whole gang of these guys right at the beginning were chasing uh, Tony Jaw or Ting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was right when they first start chasing him. And um, this whole group of them start running after him. And there's this one little guy in the back that's kind of like the sad sack guy of the group. Mm-hmm. And he's eating like a sandwich. <laughs> and everybody takes <laughs> off running and he's the last guy there. And then he kind of – takes like a couple seconds late and then he starts running. He's the guy that you would pick last in dodgeball. And then there were several times where when they were chasing, cause they ran for a long time, they showed him and he was like, <gasps> like almost like he had asthma. And the one time he stopped cause he was breathing so hard. He's like, <gasps> and he looks over and sees, um, maybe that was, was that Marin? <laughs> I don't know, whatever, but it was in a movie and it was funny. Uh, <laughs> um, Let's see. There was a part where, um, which this was just awful, where uh, uh, Dawn has this girl and he's like uh, trying to have sex with her and she's so drugged out. She's like on heroin or something. Mm-hmm. And and uh, he's like, you, you, um, I'm not as good as your boyfriend. Blah, 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 blah. So he gets up off of her and she's like, it's, I just want to, I, I don't want any more. She didn't want any more drugs. She's like, I want to, I want to, I want to quit or whatever. Oh, and this yeah. fucking piece of shit, this girl saying, I, I want to get off drugs. I want to quit. And he just goes and gets a big handful of like heroin or something. Just Coke comes over and just, yeah, just stuffs it, it in her mouth and rubs it in her face, which just was just awful. It's just so sickening. But you know, I mean, you have, I mean, he's probably the one that, he kept her on drugs to to get her to do that shit or to do the shit she did. Mm-hmm. Now in Dawn's lair, his, where he was basically raping this girl, uh, there was a spy game with Brad Pitt and uh, Robert Redford poster <laughs> on the door. <laughs> um, let's see. I put Ting is a leaper. Um, those three wheel taxi things were kind of cool. I wouldn't mind having one of them. Now I don't know. They showed the bottom of several of them when they would crash. They tipped over fairly easy, but it looked like it had like a canister underneath. And I was wondering if they didn't run on like some kind of natural gas or something, because the one part where they crashed, I mean, it just like, and I know they have this in movies with cars with gas where they just explode like a bomb. But <laughs> right. they, they felt that when they fell off the top of that thing onto each other, the one part they just exploded big time. Um, the one and the one part, um, the I called him the meth monster. That's the guy that injected himself. He looked like he injected himself like 
almost like into his heart or something. It was yeah. off those ribs or something, but it like was that. Adrenaline, then. Yeah, maybe he um, he um, put um, Ting through a, a table, mm-hmm. and I, my comment was Macho Man uh, and Ricky <laughs> Morton. Uh, he just smashed him through this table. Uh, but then it was kind of cool because I was like, you know, God, that sucks because I always hate like in sports when like in UFC or something, you see some guy and he's beating the fucking shit out of somebody and he looks like a big steroided up monster. Like I watched that documentary Smashing Machine about Mark Kerr mm-hmm. and he basically – they show him un- unraveling. He was like one of the best. He's this great big college wrestler and he was looked like a bodybuilder. But uh, he beat shit out of everybody, and he was on all kind of drugs. He was on. He said he took so many painkillers and steroids that guys would punch him right in the face and he wouldn't even feel it. But then it, it became his undoing because he became a drug addict. But that's what this guy reminded me of. And so I hate when a when someone is they think they're some great athlete, and it's like, well, yeah, you're just fucking taking. You might have skills, but if you take away all that shit. It's like Vanderlei Silva was kind of the same way. He beat shit out of everybody. But then when he had to go into UFC where they would drug test and he couldn't take all that shit, he, he wasn't a monster anymore. Yeah. So anyway, but this guy was like that. So I kind of like the reveal where when, um, when uh, Ting beats the fucking shit out of that cocksucker. <laughs> um, and then I just had fire pants and motorcycle helmet knee thing. Um, that's, that's about it. I, I, uh, I like to I to me uh Tony Jaw in this he he um he has like the charisma like what Bruce Lee had mm-hmm. uh with uh, there there were several times where he would um like that first fight in the the fight club where he comes out and just hits the guy with the one kick and the guy goes <laughs> down you get a big boner cuz you're like fuck that was awesome yeah. but then he does like this like look, like almost like a kata after that he goes room 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 and does this like uh, like two or three poses or whatever they do, like mm-hmm. kind of like a kata, and and that kind of makes it even cooler. And then there before a couple of fights he would do that, and it was like you know where he was preparing and he'd do like yeah. a couple of things uh, before the fight would start, and you'd be like, "Fuck, this guy's bad." Um, eh, I you, thought you would fucking the some of the fight stuff in Ongbok too. You would mm-hmm. get a big boner over too because he uses a lot more weaponry in that one. And like I said, he's a fucking like, I he, he either fakes it well or he fucking like is impressive using this stuff because yeah. watching him use, I don't know what it's called, but it's like nunchucks, but they're really long and there's three parts to it and with yeah. each part connected as a chain. Watching yeah. him swing that shit around is fucking hypnotizing. It hypnotized me. Um, this one. <sighs> I like I said I watched it first. So comparing it to the other one, I liked uh, Marantau better because I thought the story was better. I thought I could I could get behind a guy um, doing all this shit to try and save another person's mm-hmm. life to try and get them out of this awful horrible situation. Especially this this young girl, and you'd see how they were were uh, used and abused and all this and that. Now, I got this that feeling when the guy stuck the drugs in the girl's mouth. That really made me sick. But that wasn't the reason that he was doing any of that shit. He was doing it to get a fucking stupid head of a statue. Yeah. And so I didn't get behind that that much. And that became almost like, not incidental, but it wasn't. The, the whole movie to me was just um, to showcase 
jaw and the and the fighting. Right, right. It's fine because I mean I used to watch those old uh, Shaw Brothers kung fu movies where they would just shroom, 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 and they just go from move to move to move right. to move to move. Uh, but it just got to where that seemed like it's all it was. You know, yeah, just yeah. One, and they were and they were really long. It's like you said when they when they when he was running and they were chasing him and he would jump through this and jump through that and jump over this and jump over that and da da da. da. It's almost like what we were comparing it to with wrestling with the the uh, the spot fest matches where there's no no real you know there's there it's there's no crescendo the crescendo or there is, that's all it was, was crescendo after crescendo after yep. crescendo there was no lulls there was no and uh and um i it's not that i i, I totally admire the skill mm-hmm. and 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 all the shit that that was going on i just wish there would have been more of a story to it uh it could still be 3 quarters of the movie be that stuff but have a quarter of it with uh, where they slow down, where he goes and shows some emotion or some this and that it has like a little contact or, you know, I don't know. There, there was just, it was a roller coaster ride with nothing but down, uh, steep drops over and over, <laughs> over and over and over. There was yeah. no, there was no click, 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 big mountain that you were climbing and then the drop. And then, you know, a little bit of a letdown and then the drop. It was just all, you know, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Uh, if you were rating everything from one to ten, it was ten, 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 ten. And if everything's a ten, then nothing spectacular. You don't have those yeah. one or two or three really super spectacular because everything is. And then it's uh, doesn't mean as much. Spot fest. Yeah, it's it's uh, this one's interesting because I guess we can get into our scores here. The uh, I think Marintal is a better film. Mm-hmm. But for for me, this one is more rewatchable. I can put this one on and just like, you know what I mean? Like, I, even though I don't know, it's hard to explain. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can see that. I mean, as far as it, 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 it just like uh, something that you could just throw on. You could probably start watching it right in the middle. Yeah, just the fighting and stuff like that. You know, I, yeah. like I, I like I did it yesterday. I was like, because uh, somebody at work was watching a YouTube video of like a guy that like I don't know. He had like a. Uh, he did some crazy jump, and I was like, "Oh, look at this!" And I flipped to Netflix really quick and showed him Tony Jaw jumping over mm-hmm. two fucking cars. Well, that's the, the thing about this movie. I could watch this as just ten minute video clips. Yeah, but just, when it comes down to it and putting it all together, I think. And and then the, and not only that, but I just I think that okay, if I was, I hate to say this because I you know I don't mean to say this in any kind of insulting way to anybody who likes this movie. But I think that if I was, you know, a lot younger, like say if I was in junior high or something like that, and and it was just, you know, I'd be like, fuck, oh my God, look at that. And I was to an extent with some of it, but I just needed a little bit more. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. needed a little bit more uh, uh, than... There's more compelling elements in Marintal than yeah, in this one. Yeah, that's just what it is. I mean, but, it's not it's not that it's bad. It's good for what it, for what it is, which is just straight up straight up action. Action fest. And where, you know, where I gave I gave Marintal a 7, I'd give this one a 7.5 and that's based purely on the action alone. And um, where like well, where where we were saying with uh Jaw versus um the 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 guy that played you to Eco Weiss or whatever his name is. Um 
I was going to say I would prefer Jaw over him because I think Jaw has more big like uh, movie star uh, quality, like charisma, or can yeah. have that. Yeah. As far as the looks, I mean, like you know, a good-looking guy with a you know, as far as if you if you were into guys. Okay, he's. <laughs> I was going to say if you're a woman, but you know, hell, if you're a guy that likes guys, I mean, he's. I think he is uh, more what you would think as a classy, classic uh, Hollywood sexy guy with the body, the face, everything like that. Uh, real athletic. Where uh, the other guy in the other movie that played Yuda, I mean, he's not like taking his shirt off and all this stuff. Yeah. But like I said, he played the character. Uh, he wasn't playing a guy with charisma. He wasn't playing a guy who was supposed to be this. Um, he was supposed to be a young, uh, kind of naive guy. Uh, well, yeah, but, but, but Ting who was had supposed skills. to be also. Huh? <laughs> Ting was supposed to be also. He was supposed to be the young, naive country guy. No, I was talking about Ting. Oh, I thought you meant the Yuda. But, but I th- no, I think, but but. Or no, yeah, yeah, I'm talking about Yuda. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying, but, but with Ting, okay. The second that 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 Ting, uh, they show him and he's got like his shirt off and shit. You're like, okay, this guy isn't just. It would be like <laughs> if they said, okay, we're putting The Rock in a movie about a guy from Worthington, West Virginia. <laughs> he's just a country guy. Da, da, da. And the first second that he takes his fucking shirt off and you see that fucking chiseled body and how, you know how you're like, okay, this guy's just a badass motherfucker. It's not like right. if you took. Um, uh, Tom Hanks, and you said, "Okay, this guy's just this guy from here." And then all of a sudden, he starts whipping ass because he just has some skills. Mm-hmm. So, but I think a uh, uh, big movie star uh, action as, along the lines of Stallone, Dolph Lundgren, Van Damme, and stuff like that. It's Tony Jaw. I think the other guy it would be more better suited as far as um, just uh, playing any, uh, not even in an action movie, but yeah, just. Yeah. A, you know, he just looks like a ray, kind of more like a regular guy. He could be in Fast Times at Ridge Mahai of uh, fucking Malaysia or something. <laughs> Wouldn't that be our time, Mister Hond? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I give this movie. What did I give? Uh, Marantau was six point five. Six point five. Yeah, uh, this one's really close. I would give it a six. Point two five. It's really super close. I mean, it's it's just fun. It's fun, but the other one, I, I just it, it got me more. Um, it had a little bit more of an emotional element. I'm not a big uh, uh, woman abusing, uh, raping shit like that. It just turns my makes me ill. Yeah. Unless they want you to do that to them. <laughs> and then it's game. That was all good. <laughs> cool. Uh, 7.5 and a 6.25. Another recommend. This is also on Netflix Instant for anybody that wants to play along. So Netflix Instant in the United States. I don't know about elsewhere. So uh, Let's take a break and come back and do our feedback before we wrap things up. Sound good? What? Ja. Ja. Don't need ja. Almost four o'clock. Hey, this is Scott of Married with Clickers. Tune in to hear my wife Kat and me discuss all sorts of movies. We'll cover everything from The Lost Weekend to Weekend at Bernie's. From The Big Sleep to Big Mama's House. Well, maybe not Big Mama's House. And the great thing about Kat is that she's not afraid to speak her mind. And would you be surprised to hear he was nominated for Best Actor that year? For that film? For that film. 
<laughs> but don't take my word for it. Just listen to what the Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema has to say about our show. Well, it's a husband and wife show, and they discuss movies and stuff. Yeah, a very wife-husband show. High praise indeed. So come find us at marriedwithclickers.libson.com. It will save your life. Or maybe just help you kill an hour. a song about uh, puss running away man like me <laughs> or avoid confrontation man like me <laughs> fuck yeah <laughs> damn right uh, that shit if you see it coming just go this be like oh I'm, I'm busy see you run away run away it's the oldest martial <laughs> art known to man unless you fucking fight some <laughs> Carl Lewis or something that's fucking uh, goddamn track star and you fucked give it your best <laughs> Cover your head, and your, cover your balls. Now, wait a minute. That's it. If a chimp attacks you, <laughs> your, balls your neck, your head, yeah. protect your neck and your head. Or if it's a chimp, it's a chimp protect your balls. <laughs> protect right. your balls. So uh, I'm totally caught unprepared here. We didn't get any emails this week. What? What? You fucking pieces of shit. <laughs> I dare you to fucking email us. I'll have another contest, motherfucker. <laughs> Cold anal douche. Yeah, don't worry about it. Listen, people, seriously. Uh, if we have a contest, don't worry that like you're going to get like something like Justin got. He got <laughs> what he deserved. <laughs> if the rest of you, if you win, you'll get what you deserve. If you deserve something good, you'll get something good. Mark Wahlberg and um, Pointy Chin Shit Face, you make us watch that. That's what you do. Orange nips. <laughs> I, th- I never thought about his motherfucking scene. Oh, that. that's so funny. I didn't think about I'm sorry. Right. I'm not hot. So we did get some uh, emails. I mean, God damn it. I just said we didn't get emails. Voicemails. So uh, this happened first. Bigelow. Dr. Zom. Metal Mikey says that you happen to be a big fan of me and my particular advertising skills. So I, Baby Skeletor, upon months convincing from Metal Mikey, decided to leave you a bit of feedback for your Silver and Gold podcast. Sounds like shit. Normally, I do not listen to (laughs) earthly podcasts. I have much more important things to do in Eternia on Snake Mountain. One more time. Upon that moron's insistence, I did actually listen to your 50s retrospective episode. And I must say, it did please my ears. Well, what I do have of ears under this purple hood with my skeleton head. 
You know, you can only do so much with your anatomy at that point. <laughs> Although, I did want to clarify one statement that you made on the episode. You pretty much said that women find enormous nutsacks appealing. It doesn't matter about the size of your penis, but if your balls are enormous, that means women will love you more. Well, let me tell you, that is outright bullshit. (laughs) I walk around Snake Mountain all day long with no pants on, just my skeletal balls flapping in the breeze. And Evelyn never pays me any mind at all. Although Beastman gave me some pretty odd looks every now and then, I don't know why he does. But anyways, Go Podcast, I love it. And I also wanted to say, keep up the excellent work, and sometime Metal Mikey will get in touch with you again. Because this is absolutely not Metal Mikey leaving you feedback at all. This is totally Baby Skeletor. <laughs> Who was that? Justin. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Justin, for the call. Cool. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I love Baby Skeletor. <laughs> yes. Now, you know, that would be cool, like, if you were having sex and you talk like that while you're doing it to your chick. In a, in, in a fucking bubble bath. With like some kind of. <laughs> I just like money shot myself. A, a fucking white. Or no, have white clown uh, makeup all over your face and big yellow teeth. <laughs> yeah. Scare the shit out of her, put a knife to her throat. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, fuck your ass, bitch. Hang <laughs> <laughs> oh, on. <laughs> if I could find town, if I could find a way, I'd take back those words that I've heard. Say what you will about Cher, she was still fucking hot in this video. <laughs> It was 20 years ago. Well, yeah, but she was hot in this video. She's eight, 70 years old now. And she... Dry hot. No, I don't mean say She'll... what you look. Say what you want about what she looks like. I just mean her singing or whatever. She'll probably fucking email me in on a dating website. <laughs> She's about your age, right? Cool. About your age, your age level for what? Yeah, well, you know, red hot honeys. I like in the video when it flashes from her like her like see through outfit to her fucking like mom jean. Yeah, she didn't want to found, on... found uh, I like I thought she was sexier in Silkwood. <laughs> Era. Era. All right, <laughs> enough of Skeletor. Skeletor. Uh, Thanks, Mikey. I mean, Justin. Whatever. I mean, share. Next voicemail. It is I, the Cinemascus Justin Airholzer. Oh, I'm Mikey. so freaking awesome. 
Network, and I am calling in with Broken. another fun failure. Yay! Yeah, you're probably all booing. Anyway, Boo. this week's little film is called Ogroff the Axe Monster, also known as Mad Mutilator. It comes directly from the fine folks over at Cinema Day Bazaar, that is cinema-day-bazaar.com. That's right, I'm not just cheap poor for my website, but others too. Anyway, so this is essentially, from 1983, it's essentially, uh, it's, a, it's a dice change on that massacre knockoff. Um, now, if anybody's looking and is going to buy this and you read that Let's it says it's in French, he sounds like Cher too. don't worry, there's like maybe five lines of dialogue. You don't need the uh, subtitle. Uh, it's fruitless to even attempt to put subtitles on the film because I can guarantee there's five words of dialogue is, he's coming to kill me! He's coming to kill me! He's coming to kill me! What's up? And he's coming to kill me. They uh, mentioned he's coming to kill me. I think that was one of the lines in the film. So essentially, it's just you have uh, Ogroff. Uh, you know, obviously, who carries around an axe? Oh, he's Cher. a monster. Go figure. He wears. I mean, he, he kind of wears a mask. I guess it's supposed to be similar to other faces. It looks like it's cut off near the mouth. Uh, if any of you, uh, I uh, remember Kane from Circa 2002 when he came back and he had that. Uh, cut off mask that he was wearing, somewhat what he's wearing Jump. now. I think it's probably better what he's wearing now, except it's just brown and, and kind of looks like a business ma- mask from uh, TNA. Essentially, he looks like he could be a, a wrestler in the 80s or 90s, just one of the big guys, probably a better off guy called Matt Mutilator. Um, but obviously, it's inspired by Leatherface's mask. Maybe it's supposed to possibly look like people's faces because they live in the shack with their family members. There really is no plot to this. I mean, you just have people come by, he chases them with his axe, he kills them, you get some grotesque blood. Since you guys don't like horror movies, you'll probably hate it, but everybody out there is fun. And here's why. <laughs> because the music in this film is just really weird. I can't really explain it, but the way he just kind of goes across this. It just kind of makes you laugh. But there's just a few notes I got here on this film since I had to do something, saying the little thing for the wide, weird world of cult film. That's another place that I write for. I write everywhere. I, I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm a whore, I told you. Uh, that's why. Use a hoe, bitch. Anal douche, apparently. Uh, very early on, he's uh, chasing this, Ogroff is chasing a woman, and I found this to be funny. Uh, when a car comes by, and shri- uh, he stops, and what he does is he, he's still wearing his mask. He's always wearing that weird mask, and he all he does is he takes his axe, he hoists it over his shoulder, and he just starts to you know walk casually, just you know, looks like he's whistling. And apparently, I guess, anybody who drives by... I have no doubt Got cut off. Who would have guessed? Anyway, so... So he's walking, but I love it, the fact that he just walks casually, and the people that drive by uh, just don't even give a shit. Like, I'm, all, I'm starting to think maybe he had relations to them because when they pull over to talk to the girl, they just they're speaking in French. They just they seem to shout obscenities. Well, this at her. Really, I guess they kind of push her over and then just drive away. So I guess maybe he was working with them. But I still find it's funny that let's say there's we're just regular people who are assholes that <laughs> this guy can just walk casually with an ass, carrying an axe and wearing this mask. And you were having a board all over himself. Ah, that guy looks fine. Uh, another thing I like funny is, uh, I guess, Pardon, hipster, in 1983 in France, or wherever, uh, I guess the cool thing to do was to take your car, drive out into the middle of a field, park it, and just play chess. And one of the funny things, one of the girls get killed, uh, you, you uh, get a close-up of the car, oh, the and the blood starts to drip down it. Ugh. And you just see Ringley at Donald's Duck stickers. Fucking the Yankees. What's going on? I mean, I don't understand. You think they'd step up? Ogroff masturbates, basically jerks off his axe. And I'm not speaking like 
He has his penis out and he's jerking off and you know, just has his back checked on nothing. He has everything on, he has his clothes on, he has his pants on. He fixes that axe right you know, and he just starts jerking off the axe. He acts as if he's masturbating, jerking off the penis, you know. We've all done that. We have. And, but no, he's just doing it with the axe. He even has a climax where he starts going, oh, and has an O face, but there you go. Um... And then I think this inspired Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. This one scene, there's a spot where an overall and go figure a random man. I'm saying go figure a lot. I don't know why. Go figure. Um, go figure. Uh, so girl, and he just starts takes his axe and starts fighting this man who has a chainsaw. We have an axe and a chainsaw duel, and this obviously reminded me three years later when Dennis Hopper and uh, yes. uh, not Leatherface, but was it Leatherface or was it his father? I have to rewatch that film. I believe it was, was Leatherface, motherfucker. They had a, uh, chainsaw <laughs> duel. Maybe, uh, not Jesus it doesn't matter. There's a chainsaw duel in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, and three years earlier, there was an axe chainsaw duel. Coincidence? Probably so, uh, because this is a rare film. But who knows? Maybe Toby Hooper did get uh, wind of this film and check it out. But hey, let's just do chainsaws. Uh, what else do I have here? Uh, you know, you have uh, the psychopaths in the house. They hide in the walls. They grab out. Um... Ogroff is a master javelin thrower. He throws up. Hey, yeah, all your yeah, normal shit. There's not much more outside of. They had a fucking. They they did the javelin move a lot in that fucking "Don't Go in the Woods Alone" movie I watched. They were. It would just be a sharpened stick, but people could fucking just throw it as hard as they could, and it would stab into somebody. It was dumb. Would you go <laughs> in the woods uh, alone? Mention, outside of the fact that there's <laughs> no. Ogroff gets on a motorcycle near the end. It's fucking awesome. So yes, this is a failure. Uh, there's absolutely a story. There's barely if any dialogue. It's, it really doesn't make much sense. It's just it, this is at the beginning of the VHS days. We had films like Sledgehammer and that, where they're just making a you know cute buck at the video store. So this is essentially probably what that was and what it's out to do. But I know Aaron enjoyed this too because he's a lot like me. We like our slashers, and it's fucking terrible, but it's awesome at the same time. So it is. Definitely a fun failure. So if you're into that kind of stuff, head on to the Cinema Day Bazaar and check it out. Uh, I actually haven't even listened to the new episode yet, so who knows? Maybe I'll call back then. Probably not. Maybe so. We'll find out. That's enough. <laughs> I love Justin. Thanks, He's great. Thanks, Skeletor. Thanks, uh, <laughs> great. Next, next, next voice. He's the man. <laughs> I missed the name of that movie. Hey, boys. Just listening to the review of Corell. <laughs> Uh, you know, the fuck is this? bring up him a lot and how interesting he is. He's a very interesting guy, actually. He, you know, the character, the actor that played No No, uh, I can't remember his name. I know his first name is Uh, <laughs> Fassbender was actually in love with him, fell in love with this guy. Who would? And, uh, over time would, uh, Rocky Johnson. buy him all kinds of gifts. Anything he could do to, to have him be part of his life. And it was like many of Fassbender's relationships. It was they were always destructive because uh, he was a passionate guy, and he like, like wanted what he wanted, and he would take what he wanted. And and even, even though more like uh, Gunther, uh, don't know, it should be said, was uh, Rocky heterosexual anyway by public appearance. Evidently, he was interested as well, and so the relationship was uh, pretty interesting. And with uh, Fassbender buying cars and all kinds of craziness, I think I read somewhere that he like. Like in a year's time or something like that, he, he like uh, <laughs> Gunther uh, wrecked like four or five Lamborghinis or some craziness. Anyway, what? Uh, it's just really, really interesting. Fassbender's career and his life and stuff, and you can see that you know if you look at his work. And I'm not a, a, a professional on his work, but I've read a lot about the guy. I've only seen maybe a handful, maybe ten of his stuff, films tops. Uh, you look, you're seeing a guy that's so destructive. 
that just wants everything. You know, it's almost like he wanted to die. He wanted to get as much out before he could, and his life was so destructive. And uh, I don't, don't know if you guys have right anybody like this or know anybody like this, but I have. Uh, I've known quite a few people like him. Not uh, not uh, the bisexual tendency so much, but oh, what the hell, come on. in the music, music world, uh, not the popular music world, but just in like you know little independent bands and stuff that just feel like you know they got to be heard, and they're just so destructive trying to get all their product out and all their, their content out and everything. And they'll just do anything they can. They just feel like they have no other choice. Like art to them is a curse. Yet at the same time, a passion, it's like, you know, podcast. So he's a really interesting guy. So I recommend you guys read up on him more. Uh, and check that out. Yeah. And that's, uh, the guy that plays him, no, he still works. I believe, uh, somebody told me one time, he's a really interesting dude too. He's kind of weird, <laughs> weird looking dude and everything. So yeah, definitely check it out. But, uh, yeah, you guys are talking about him. Made me think, you know, cause, uh, what I've always found very interesting in any art form is people that are self-destructive because uh, I have a bit of that tendency in me. I uh, overeat. Uh, <laughs> uh, overdrink sometimes. What's self-destructive uh, about that? Do things that aren't good for me. I didn't uh, turn the podcast. Before I got married, I was not exactly the the nicest guy to women, I should be said. Uh, I didn't use them as companions. Let's that? say it that way. I used them as something else. So, you know, you, we all Receptacles? go through these dark periods and stuff, and, and I'm always attracted to the dark side of humanity um, because uh, yeah, I just find it more interesting. But anyway, uh, that's about it. All right, that's all I got. All right, later, guys. Was that no, no, you rye? <laughs> no, no, you rye. Yeah. <laughs> I think he has a podcaster or something, so. Uh, yeah, thanks, Sammy. The... I, I need to see more Fassbender movies. Um, he does. Shame is good. <laughs> Shame is good. You see Dick in it. Um, it's just, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad we did Quarrel for the show, even if we went into it with uh, just because of one reason. But, you know, I think I've gotten something else out of it. Because it was hot. Be, uh, because we both had fucking just boners the whole fucking movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> the... <laughs> But I, you know, I definitely want to check out more Fassbender after seeing that one, especially Not knowing me. That, that was his last film. And you know, and you, I think you've seen more by him, right? So, I, by, by him, what do you mean by that? Nothing. Um, I'm telling you, American Soldier. It's good. Okay, check it out. It's funny. I thought it was funny. It's probably not supposed to be funny, but it's funny. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying, you I son of a bitch. It's on. It's four bitch. o'clock. You know it's four o'clock. All right, go ahead. I don't have anything to do. I'll talk. I'll talk to. Oh, that's talk it. To that's uh, that's all we have for. Oh, uh, now for I'm feedback. disappointed. <laughs> that's all we have for feedback. So now I won't have anybody to talk to until next week. <laughs> Just sit by yourself. Talk to your dogs. <laughs> you should call your dad and rekindle the relationship. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So for uh, for next, say, Dad, you're a quarrel. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, a faggot? Uh, so for, for next All week's show. Time. So thanks to everybody that that fed us, fed us back. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, uh, next it's week we're great, doing. Some... Yeah, a great group of of uh, kids. Um, yeah, we appreciate everything that they do for us, we which do. is what. Not, not much at all. Fucking just post disgusting photos and leave us overlong yeah. voicemails. You know, jerks. We love you. You're great. Jerks, schmucks. 
yeah, we leave over long fucking podcasts. <laughs> Give them uh, their money's worth. Yeah, their the free money's worth. They, uh, I can't believe I just wasted three hours on this shit again. Jesus Christ! Hit that in our PayPal button. <laughs> <laughs> uh, leave us iTunes feed, feedback, by the way. Um, <laughs> not paid by the hour, man. This would be great. God damn. Uh, all right. So next week we're doing a – more content? We're, we're doing like, a like – uh, If you wanted to hear Sylvan Gold every day of the week <laughs> for eight hours shows, um, we're going to put up a PayPal button. Yeah, if you could pay me more than eight dollars an hour, I'll be making. I'll be coming out better than I do. Now. Jesus Christ! Somebody probably will, and then we'll be stuck <laughs> on this shit forever. Uh, okay, so next week we're doing like a uh, hunting down, hunting down, uh, in, in hunting someone down in sleazy L.A. Double feature. Yeah. Um, we're doing uh, a film from 1977 called Bare Knuckles, <laughs> with nobody I've ever heard of. And we are doing one that the gentleman did way back in 2009, I think, called uh, a little movie called Vice Squad with Wings Hauser. So uh, that one's from 82. Uh, I believe Bare Knuckles is on Instant Watch, so you can't play along there. Vice Squad, you'll have to do a little more tracking down for that one. So um, <laughs> thanks to everybody that called us as usual. Uh, let's see. Who did I play? Who did I play feedback from? Right. Yes, entrails from the skeleton closet. Uh, yeah, I've never listened to that. Those chicks have foul mouths. So I'm going to listen. <laughs> it's, it's two guys to do the show. Um, well, no, fuck that then. Podcast. podcast. Oh, what about the chicks on the thing? Married who are they? Clippers? I don't know who they are. That's well, goddamn bait and switch. <laughs> That's and, like uh, fucking finding out that Cher is fucking Metal Mikey. So, yeah, check out Action Attraction with Baby Skeletor and Cher and uh, Freaking Awesome Network. Thanks, Justin and uh, Gentleman's We need to get a couple of chicks to do our thing. We need something, man. Uh, I say that every week. Um, I know. You can always send us feedback. Yeah, you should record something, but do it louder this time, and I'll I'll fix it. (laughs) Hey! Silver Gold! 206-339-1600, or send us emails at silvergoldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes if you would be so inclined. Uh, we you can find us on uh, silverandgold.com also, and join our Facebook group or join uh, Wrestling and Gold. I saw we we got Valencia this week on uh, yeah on the Facebook group and the Wrestling group. So yeah, it's always good seeing women to show up there because yeah. goddamn, I I I I'd feel bad tell, recommending a woman. Come there. <laughs> she's got to come there. She's got to come there under her own power because I'll feel bad just adding somebody. So. Uh, if you come to our fucking page or listen to our podcast, I'm telling you, it's just like dating. You get what you deserve. <laughs> you do. So that's about it for me this week. Zom, do you have uh, anything else? Nope. Nope. I'm going to go get ready for work. God damn it. <laughs> I had to go to the movie theater tonight. I'm watching it. I, I have to work a fucking triple on Sunday. I've never worked Jesus a triple Christ. in my life. I'm working from 7.30 in the morning until 1 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's going to be awful. <sighs> I need a new job. <sighs> I'm telling you, put a PayPal button on our thing. Yeah, for real. Uh, I'll, I'll let you live off of it. You can just live off of it.
dollars that we get. That's about yeah. it for me this week. Uh, thanks again to everybody, and until next week. Thanks, Cher. This is Loaf Oot. If I could turn back down. If I could find a way. Bye-bye. Help, 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 help